What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? Before we get into this episode, I did want to talk about an event that's happening uh, between November 4th and November 5th. That's going to be the Bot GT and BB Miniatures presents the Alex Papa's Heresy Special at the Weiss Club. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is the Alex Papa's Heresy Social? This is going to be a event where you go in and you just chill out with your boys. Uh, the whole spirit of the event is to honor a wargaming brother, Alex Papas, who passed away in November of 2022. But it's just going to be a chill, no-dick-kicker-list event. Uh, it's a two-day Horus Heresy event. There's some Titanicus going on. They actually have a Saturday night social with some open gaming, so you can, uh, I guess, mingle with the boys. And uh, there's going to be bar service open from 11 to 9.30 p.m. on Saturday. So you can get your drink on and, you know... Meet some casual heresy singles out there. <laughs> so if you are in the Canada area, you do want to spend some great time with the uh, Boys of the Golden Throne. Make sure you get your $70 ticket for a two-day event. That's a sweet, sweet deal. You're uh, not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want to miss it. <laughs> and that's going to be the uh, the Alex Papa's Heresy Social hosted by the Bot GT. November 4th to 11th. Tickets are on I'm sorry, November 4th to the 5th. Tickets are on sale now, guys. Go ahead and grab them as soon as you can. This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Van listeners, and welcome to episode 155 of the Radio Freest Fan Podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. How's it going, listener? How you doing? And we have a very special show for you. For one, this is the first time we're going to try truncating the podcast, so if it sounds like we are on crack, it's because we're deleting all the small amounts of silence. Yes. This, uh, this podcast is now being edited by ChatGPT and MidJourney. Yeah. So we're letting AI figure this out and... Uh, uh, I guess, edit our podcast for us. So we'll see how that works out. If, if we sound crazy, that's what it is. So just kind of have to deal with it on that one. I think it's fair. Hell yeah. What's the future? Uh, but other than that, so we're going to have our our uh, normal podcast and everything, but at the end of the podcast... What do we got at the end of the podcast? We're going to talk with powerful, powerful tarot model maker. Ooh. And now, just so you know, Derek, and before, you know... His name is Taro, and he is a professional model maker. Yes. Was that not clear? Well, I mean, I didn't know model maker was a profession, but apparently you could do that. It wasn't in my, uh, I guess my counselor didn't tell me about the model maker profession when I was in school. So I didn't know that was a thing, but I find that out. Past Michael figured that found that out and you guys will find that out. Oh, as I, f- I found that out because I already heard the interview. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's where I learned that. <laughs> and that's where you, the listener, are going to learn that. Well, I guess you're going to learn it right here. So, but you'll learn more about that <laughs> later on in the episode. End of the episode. Powerful, powerful tarot model maker. It's an excellent interview. I had such a great time doing it. Oh, yeah. um, wanted to tell you guys uh, we are going to have some voicemails going on. 
Ooh, we're going to it. open a package that came from the Accountability Buddies podcast. We got a mailbox. Uh, powerful Duncan and Powerful Jack. Uh, we are going to go over some of our hobby progress. Mm-hmm. We got some militia talk. Yeah, militia came out. And then uh, is it a big deal? Find out. Yeah, and then we got the interview at the end. Uh, before we do jump in, I did want to plug an event that we will have this Sunday, which is going to be the thirtieth uh, of April. Yes, we are going to have a viewer watch party with inside of our Discord. It's going to be seven thirty a.m. Central Standard Time uh, for the Warhammer Fest twenty twenty three Heresy preview. Heresy slash Warhammer the Old World. Uh, well, the Heresy preview specifically starts at eight. Okay, they gave us an itinerary for when the yes, yes, nice. I mean, we'll get some old world in there. I mean, I'm down. I know a lot of people excited for that. There's going to be a lot of people in the Discord, regardless of what they're watching. So, I think it starts before. I think the old world starts before that. Okay, so So, yeah, we'll we'll probably kick in early. Yeah, we'll kick it in early. We're going to going on with that. Like I said, I know a lot of people who've been like super stoked about Heresy, especially because they they did an article where they talked about kind of how the Bretonians are going to work. I'm excited for it. Oh yeah, I love Bretonians. It's going to be tight. So definitely, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, join the Discord, hop in that watch party. We'll all be there. Go grab your favorite breakfast. Oh, yeah. Load we're, up in front of your computer. Yes, two hundred percent waffles. I mean, not, not for you, the not for you, because I mean, it's going to be over the internet. I can't just like send you a donut over Discord. I'm gonna have donuts. I'll probably have uh, probably like eggs and sausage. Nice. I'll, I'll be eating breakfast and watching. So looking forward to that. Hop in the Discord and hop in that watch party. It'll be insane. It's going to be just a bunch of chat going crazy, everybody talking to each other, and who knows, maybe we might get like a live reaction that we can put on the internet somewhere whenever it's all said and done. Who knows? So, looking forward to that. I'm just excited for that that release. It could be literally anything at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're probably going to be a little more of what we already know about. Yeah, I think they're going to probably go into a little bit deeper into the uh, the new Black Book. Seems like a pretty good bet. Yeah. There's uh, probably going to be some... I don't know. If you were going to show some infantry stuff, I feel like that would Warhammer Fest would be the, the time to do it. Oh, yeah. That, that, that really works out, but who knows? People have been expecting <laughs> infantry every Thursday for the past, what, year? Yeah, but, like, if you knew... Like, if you're going to drop, like, some Mark II assault marines, right? Or yeah. some epic, you know? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, this would, this would 100% be the time and place. Hell, the time and place would have been Adepticon. We're, we're, a little, we're a little due, I think. Yeah, well, Warhammer Fest is their festival. I guess. Versus Adepticon is, like... They, they are a guest at a convention that somebody else is running. Exactly. So, like, you could have, like... Like, they can't go flying around with all the epic boards and stuff like that. But at their own home, Manchester... You know, yeah. Show it off. Travel. I don't. I don't know how you travel with stuff like unreleased games, but I can imagine. Flash drive. No, I mean like you physical models. You know, are they? Do they have like a physical party going on over there? I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna show something off, you gotta like hide it. I mean, when they were showing off the new like new black books before the new edition, that was just like a PowerPoint presentation in like a meeting room, right? Well, maybe. I guess they, they showed would off just, the Adamantic Pavés. That was like a slideshow, I thought. I w- I just assumed that when they show it off, they're just going to give everybody a free epic set. That's something that... Oh, just <laughs> presented by Oprah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't worry, we're going to give assault marines to everybody that's here at Warhammer Fest. Look under your chairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, we could only hope. But I think we all know. That'd be really, really cool if they did that. Yeah, you hear that, Games Workshop? That'd be really, really cool if you did that. I mean, right now the bar is pretty low, though. Like, as long as they're not actively sending hitmen to people, I think we're cool. No, Jesus, yes. I don't know if we want to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, if you accidentally... Dude... I'm surprised old mister, I just got my 10th edition Dante, didn't get the Pinkertons at his front door. <laughs> I mean, hey, we like to dog on the company a lot, but at least they see that and they're like, all right, I guess we got to announce the model. We, we goofed and sent somebody the new Premier's Mephiston. <laughs> you know, when the, apparently that's like, oh, we could have just sent actual Pinkerton like investigators to this guy's door to harass his family and get the product and bring the product back to us. That was an option. <laughs> we were talking about, okay, for those of y'all who don't know about the situation, I'm I'm probably not the best person to actually... I'll, I'll take the lead on this. Go I, for I, it. I, I looked into this a little bit. So there's a, uh, there's a new set coming out for Magic called March of the Machines, and somebody had ordered March of the Machines from a, from a, a, a supplier, I believe. They didn't get directly from Wizards of the Coast. They got it from a supplier, I think, and that's what a lot of people are leaving out. Okay. Anyway, he does not get a box of March of the Machines. He gets a box of March of the Machines, uh, revised, revisited. There, there's a, another tagline in there of like the next set that's supposed to be coming out. So, far too close. Naming conventions far too close. Yeah, it's literally March of the Machines colon another word. <laughs> it's like if if somebody ordered a Dante and then you grab the Dante 2023 you might get in trouble yeah, you know yeah it's not but it's not the company's warehouse that's doing it it's like the uh, the distributor it's so an they, amazon robot grabbing it <laughs> kind of something like that no, just play which honest mistake the names are quite similar anyway this person happens to have a youtube channel and on that youtube channel they do an unboxing of this new set that not a lot is known about at the time and then not too long later actual agents of the Pinkerton agency knock on this dude's door and start like harassing his uh, significant other and talking about getting, getting authorities involved and search warrants and just all sorts of threats until eventually they do leave after he's taken down the video and they leave with the product that he purchased legally. And for those of you not aware of the Pinkertons, they're a private security company uh, that specifically cannot work with the government. There's actually a... Yeah, like, after, like, what, the 1800s where they, they did some work for old Andrew Carnegie busting unions? Yeah, they were very uh, notorious for busting unions. Uh, I'm pretty sure maybe they've worked on their image since then, but this probably just going to hurt it all over again. Like I, I'm told <laughs> that they are depicted in uh, Red Dead Redemption. As the bad guys. As, uh, as just scumbags through and through like just actual the sleaziest like private like enforcers you could get imagine if you were the uh the pinkertons like social media girl (laughs) (laughs) like their pr department department who's just like all right cool that we we we're we're actually making some headway like i think we're finally past red dead redemption's dying down so i think people are going to start hiring us again and then like oh we got a big contract wizard of the coast how have they never changed their name <laughs> like i guess in a 100 years you need to like stomp out a union you know the name i guess if you're like a uh, a certain class of uh, class of company you might might enjoy the pinkertons you know, i don't know once you hit a certain level i guess it's just no, we just get the Pinkertons. 
I wonder who's the guys that Andrew Carnegie hired. I want those guys. I wonder who uh, uh, who recommended the Pinkertons to Wizards of the Coast. I don't know because that, that's like that's a whole other story in itself. It's like, man, this kid's making YouTube videos with our new set. Like, I know a guy. <laughs> Dude, and Wizards like just finished all the like the strike busting of people who, like revolting over the new Dungeons and Dragons. Because <laughs> they're they're doing the, like the huge change to the open gaming license, and that leaked out where they were just going to monetize as much as they can. Everybody said, "Cool, don't purchase any more Wizards of the Coast products." And then the D and D movie comes out, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is actually really good. I want to go see that." Cool, 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 cool. Thanks, and then thanks. All of that is just magically gone somehow, which I guess good for Wizards. <laughs> and then this happens. But you know, when you actually hire the Pinkerton agency to go harass somebody at their home. And steal their legally owned products. Oh, dude! Like, what's so funny is they're they're just a private company, right? They're not like actually, yeah. They'll they'll harass you, but at the same time, like they have as much authority as just like a normal person at your front door. I would have given them some shit. We we're talking about it in the Discord, and they were like, oh, yeah. "They're like, are those level four plates?" Cowabunga! It is. <laughs> it's like, nah, baby, that's Tannerite. Those are Tannerite plates. Ye, and I cannot stress this enough. Ha. <laughs> I'm curious where this guy was that, what uh, state? yeah. What state was this man in that, uh, that got the wrong, got the wrong, uh, magic, the gathering set. Yeah. There's some people down here that like, that's their dream is to go down <laughs> in a hail of gunfire fighting the Pinkertons. <laughs> like you silly, silly, silly contractors trying to take my magic, my, my strips of cardboard from me. <laughs> The YouTube video's already made. Take them. It's like, oh, yeah, I keep all my magic cards here in my gun safe. Let me go open that real quick. I'll be right back. Hold on. Let me let me put these on the floor in front of you. And, and, and wait. <laughs> you can pick them up one at a time once I'm finished with them. So, but yeah, I know. Very small bar to... to, to uh, yeah, so Games Workshop is not doing that, to my <laughs> knowledge. So that's cool. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Games so, Workshop's probably batting 10 out of 10 this year. My <laughs> <laughs> process of elimination. Yeah, yeah. Hasbro versus G-Dub. G-Dub's doing pretty good. They never done that to us. They just let us have the Dante. The guy got to a, paint it. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like, they you know just, what? He's coming out early. Say, hey, that, that's on us. <laughs> I guess we better put it on Warcom. That's actually, now that I think about it, like there has not really been a lot of leaks prior to this year. I mean, there's been all sorts of people claiming to have different leak stuff from different heresy. And there's a leak document about 10th edition that said toughness and strength was going away. Hmm. And your weapon would just have a to wound number you have to roll. Well, and that is not the case. I'd like to think that AI is rising up and causing dissent. Chat GPT is generating like, like plausible enough leaks. Yeah. Or, you know, hacking Amazon robots to grab the wrong item. Oh yeah. There, there have been people showing that, Hey, if you ask a question to chat GPT in a kind of weird way, you can get it to access stuff that you normally shouldn't be able to access. <laughs> if you ask a chat GPT to do something, it'll hire somebody to go get around the <laughs> <laughs> hire somebody to do capture for it. And then lie to that person <laughs> say, Hey, Oh, I can't do this because I have a visual impairment that makes this difficult, but I am totally a human. <laughs> either way either way but yeah I, I don't know I'd like to see what they have to show and I'm excited for it like I don't know like the stuff they've been teasing a lot of people have been kind of down on like oh the Decurion 
I love the Dakarian. I think that idea is great. I'm ready for the Dakarian. I'm ready to see what it actually, what other things come with the Dakarian model. Like what that means going forward, like other things like the Dakarian. Yeah. I do hope that it is a uh, PDF though and not tied behind the book, but we'll see. It's probably going to be in the book, but I speaking of PDFs, I don't know that we're going to have another one so soon after militia. Cause this is, this is still pretty hot. Demons come pretty soon. Apparently maybe that's what they'll release. Demon doubtful. It's probably gonna be later in the year. I mean, but what if they had a model range ready? Doubt it, but we'll see. I mean, who knows the, the bound demons we've got. I think that's pretty much just the heresy ruin storm demon brutes models. They had, right? Yes. And that's why that PDF is Samus, uh, Cabanda, Brutes, and then I guess you need a generic HQ. Just those are the demons they made because that's what they have. Yeah, those are the models that they had available. That makes sense. That does make sense. But who knows? This is just we're getting into a wild speculation, which is okay. Complete, baseless, unfounded wish listing. The reason you're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that being said, so that is uh, we will call in now with your predictions. <laughs> Uh, speaking of calling in, oh yeah, we have a couple of voicemails today. Nice. Great segue, Derek. So uh, let us see. Yeah. So if you listener have a voicemail you'd like to call in, you can go ahead and give us a call at three six one two six five eight six five eight, and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it live on air. Uh, we've yet to have to pull any of these yet, and I hope we don't have to. But if we do, we'll figure it out from there. But Long-time listeners know we will air just about anything. Yeah, there's actually a talk about getting a sticker made that is just a <laughs> dog in a tackle box that says, if you know, you know. Yeah. God bless it. You guys are horrible. <laughs> it's the Wild West out here, man. Uh, if you don't want to call in because of long-distance charges or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Discord. Uh, you can always record something and figure out a way to get it to us, and we'll make it work. We always do. We always do. So what do we got? Is there right. time to get it queued up? Yeah, it's right here. All right, let's go. Monty, you know I can never say no to you. Never. So this story is a lot worse than the initial initial thing. It- okay, I'm going to pause this real quick because we do need some setup on this. So clearly this is Jack. Love you, Jack. Okay, beautiful Jack. Beautiful, perfectly symmetrical Jack. <laughs> so, sorry, I had to think about Jack for a second. So... This is a, just some setup from last episode. Jack had mentioned that they may or may not have kidnapped somebody. Their company may or may not have. <laughs> so I can only assume that's why he's calling back. Oh, yeah. This is a alleged potential abduction. So when he's saying I can never say no to you, that's what he's talking about. And other things, but we won't go into those. So this is uh, they may like this is his possible kidnapping story. Uh, we'll see. This is entirely a dramatization for entertainment purposes and uh, is in no way, shape, or form legally admissible. Exactly. Thank you, Derek. Well, let's get on girl that we uh, that we kidnapped as a company. Um, I'm not going to state the name of the company I work for because I'm sure every, if anybody knows me, they know where I work. Um, but we were in Vegas for our every our, uh, every every other year convention, and. Uh, 
one night we went to Area 15, the Meow Wolf installation. Uh, we did the Omega Market tour, which is insanely cool. Um, would recommend anybody, if you have three or four hours to kill, go to it. Um, so we're busing back to our hotel and in, in the bus that I'm in, the van, whatever you want to call it, uh, shuttle, shuttle bus, there you go. Um, there is the senior director of this, the senior director of that, the ma the senior manager of this, the brand manager of that, uh, people from other um, vendors that we do business with in, in, in here. And we're sitting there and we're telling stories about a person who would remain nameless. Some stories would go on to, like, um, possibly, you know, uh, doing a lot of drugs in, like, a, a post office van, um, drinking heavily in Mexico and not really knowing which way was up. Uh, and this person is fairly high up in our company. And we're getting on, we're, we're in the little shuttle bus and we're on whatever the highway is south to go to our, um, hotel that we're staying at and we're telling these stories laughing 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 and this person who I thought was with the one of our vendors said um I'm with people power um are we going to the Luxor whatever whatever hotel she was supposed to go to and we're like um we're so-and-so company and and what who are you and how do we just realize that you're just here oh well, can you drop me off? And I was like, I'm pretty sure the driver's going to say no, so no. <laughs> so it's a lot funnier sounding than it actually, it actually ended up being. But we as a company forcefully made this girl go to our hotel and then kind of left her there for dead because nobody had a car. Um, and she was on the phone with, I guess, her people scheduling pickup because the hotel wasn't going to take her back to the strip because no reason why um and then yeah 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 so a lot funnier than what it said but yeah we as a company may have kidnapped somebody for a period of like 20 minutes um y'all do great work uh thank you again for everything you do for the community have a good day bye, <laughs> bye jack thank kiss, you kiss. jack <laughs> Dude, so. uh, a couple notes uh shuttle bus definitely sounds better than van yeah, shuttle bus, yeah. Uh, and I don't know that we can really blame this person for uh, going on to do a bunch of drugs in a, you say, post office? Post office van. Post yeah. office van. Uh, they are, they're nameless. They didn't have a name. Of yeah. course they're going to start acting up. You Come can do on. whatever you want without a name, bro. He's getting go, wild. Go, go do a bunch of stuff in Mexico. I mean, who who's gonna, who are they going to call? You don't have a name. Kidnap girls and take them to your hotel and leave them at your hotel. <laughs> hey, can you, like, take me to my hotel? No. <laughs> nah. What are you talking <laughs> You got on the wrong bus, idiot. <laughs> You're on our shuttle bus. You're coming to party with us now. <laughs> but not really, because we don't like you. You better make some phone calls. Make somebody come pick you up. <laughs> I like how they didn't take her back to the strip. It's like, at that point, because it's like, like, if that happened to me, right? If I just like, because I do, like, I do kind of walk my way aimless through, through aimlessly through life sometimes. And do find myself in like, ah, this is stupid. I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. Just kind of be open to experiences. Yeah. And so I could potentially find myself at some point. On the wrong shuttle. On the wrong shuttle. And like, oh, this it is happens. not even the right hotel. And then it's hey, like. It, it happens. And then you're just like, can I get a ride back to my hotel? And if they gave me any bit of resistance, I'd be like, 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, you know what? This one's on me. I'm pretty stupid. That's, I guess I got to Uber it. <laughs> I guess I got to pay money to go back to where I was because <laughs> I thought I was going to get a free ride. Nope. So, bless. You did the right thing. You taught her a lesson. Now she's going to look twice whenever she's on a shuttle bus from here on out. And you know what? To be honest, what were you, like? What if y'all were in like a cartel shuttle bus? I've been watching oh. a lot of Better Call Saul. And yeah, that story could have been way darker. <laughs> yeah, that could have, you know. Yeah. So, uh, good thank, job, guys. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for teaching that girl that small but valuable lesson. Very sensitive. <laughs> the importance of diligence. Yeah, exactly. So we do have a another voicemail? Yes. Hey, what's up, Monty and Derek? This is Zach from TFL Live, the... Uh, Red-headed stepchild of South Texas Heresy, calling to you for a call for aid. I actually have an event coming up this coming weekend, or I guess it'd be on on the 29th, where it's here in my hometown. I know, Monty, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, Citizens from my hometown, they have to create a boat made solely out of cardboard and duct tape and navigate it down the river through this man-made tube chute and uh, hopefully it doesn't fall apart or you just have to make it to the end but there is a uh, it's I know we discussed it and money you, you actually suggested making a boat that uh, was like you know kind of modeled after the Starship Enterprise Star Trek theme and uh, after some thinking I kind of thought that was a good idea I really like the engines as outriggers they kind of hold my boat together last year my boat looked badass but didn't was not very seaworthy so basically my question is today i can you know it's like the gladiator right you you win because the people love you so i want to have something that stands out that looks cool and then that that people remember so i i get to play the music during this voyage and i really want to do something just hilarious just something that's going to stand out to people so i went on to uh to Fiverr and had a commission for the Star Trek the Next Generation theme uh, as played by a shitty third grade recorder, kind of like <laughs> they do the uh, Titanic theme. You know, just real, real shitty Star Trek theme. And it sounds hilarious. But I wasn't sure if it'd be recognizable, so I wanted to see if I could get it, like, spliced in with the original. So it just kind of starts off good and then ends with shitty as I'm, right as I'm about to just go through this tube chute and my boat gets destroyed. And also I wanted to, uh, to talk to your people. I don't know if somebody has a better suggestion for a song as an alternative. I'm not even sure if I can even play the, you know, the like a custom song on the, you know, over the air. Cause it's going to be projected for like hundreds of people watching this event. It's pretty funny, pretty fun event. But, uh, if there's an alternative or somebody has anything that I should uh, that I should do, something that'll, that will sound good, like, please, I'm open to suggestions. I've only got a week. My boat's constructed. I'm happy to send out photos if anybody wants to, or wants to see pictures of this boat. But uh, but it should be should be pretty hilarious. But uh, any help you can do, uh, I'd appreciate it. Let me know, and I'll and I'll send you the song if you can help me, money. I know you're like the. the <laughs> there it goes. Okay. Okay. 
So here's the thing. <laughs> here's here's the situation. So is this still an unresolved issue? I didn't know that Zach called in requesting this help, but I'm oh. glad he did. Okay. Okay. Well, we get to give you guys a follow-up on this immediately. Uh, because I did, in <laughs> fact, he did reach out. And I, for all of you listeners out there, for one, uh, the boat design is immaculate, immaculate. So, so, so just immediately just uh, picture in your mind's eye, if you will, a cardboard enterprise. That is exactly what this boat looks like. <laughs> the, except, you know, you know how the enterprise has those two little, like, uh, I guess thrusters, some Star Trek nerd the just engines? had exploded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got the two booms <laughs> that go off to the big engine blocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the two big boom thingies, yeah. I don't know if that's the nautical term for it. I'm just kind of spitballing with the terms here. Yeah, so so uh, the design, he used those as outriggers to give himself some, uh, stability. some, some stability and support. Now, th- like I've watched this, uh, I've watched this event quite a bit, and it is not easy because <laughs> like basically it's like a big S shoot, and it's a very fast moving current. So like you're going to hit every wall on the way down. Oh, yeah. And it's, I don't know if it's about speed. I think it's just like, like he said, I think it's just like how much people like you. <laughs> so, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, I wonder if they're going to get like, uh, enterprise crew shirts. Yeah. You have to, right? Like if not like that's, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. So, so here is the, uh, for those of y'all interested, I did do this for Zach. Didn't know he called in, uh, but just so y'all can hear it. It just kind of works out though. (laughs) Do we need to like talk over this so we don't get like copyright strike or something? No, I think it's 30% different enough or whatever. Okay. Picture Zach rolling out majestically in the cardboard in the ground. That's not painful to listen to through the microphones and your, your headphones. We probably should have gave a uh, audio, head, warning. audio warning, a headphone warning. I, I think I think you guys knew what was going, what was coming. <laughs> I, I think everybody's familiar with the shitty fluted Titanic theme. It's it's gorgeous, man. Bless it, <laughs> bless. <laughs> oh man, I need to see a recording of this when it goes down because this sounds like it's gonna be a riot. I really, really do hope that they uh, they let Zach. Use his uh uh his custom his does custom anybody songs. Else get to play music. I don't know. I don't if know. People, if people are allowed to just play music, then I think if you slip maybe like a, a tenor to the DJ. Yeah, you're just like, hey, here's kind of what this is. Here's what we're going for. There's no lyrics. You don't got to worry about that. I think it'd work out. I it, it better work. If out. If I was in charge of this, I'd let it slide. That's what I'm saying, man. Okay, I'm just making sure we don't have another voicemail. No, no, we're, okay. we're so, good. So that's it for voicemails, but we do have another thing that was sent to us. Yeah, okay. 
We do have a package that we are here to open. So this came from a powerful Duncan Kendall, and I can only imagine uh, Jack helped out to pack it a little bit. Oh yeah, but it, it, you know, <laughs> we don't know. We we could never know. He didn't put your name on it, Jack. So if you know, so if you want credit next time, make sure your name gets on the box. If uh, if your name was supposed to be on here, he didn't put it there, and so but we are going to give one hundred percent credit to Duncan. Which good on Duncan, you know. What a nice young man. So immediately, wow! If I opened, if I would have opened it from the other way, I would not have gotten the note. So somehow I did that right. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought there was just like that piece of paper, just <laughs> like a, a standard letter size piece of paper. In <laughs> so immediately there is a letter in here. It says, "Dear Monty, I can't quite explain how glad I am to once again hear your dulcet." Dulcet tones blaring profanity into my ear holes after so long. The take you and Derek, but mostly you, have on heresy was very much missed in your absence. (laughs) He wrote that. I didn't say that. I believe it. Uh, I tried to fill the gaping void in my life that your absence caused with all manner of things, mostly booze and porn, but it wasn't the same. We all missed you guys. Welcome back. Hugs and kisses. Love, Duncan. And the rest of the Heresy Accountability Buddies. P.S. One set of posters for you and one for your son, Derek. (laughs) We kind of missed him, too. (laughs) You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) So, with that being said, uh, it looks like they're... Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. If you guys have not seen the Accountability Buddies posters they've been doing, y'all need to go check those out. Uh, this is the best way to get us to talk about your product is just send it to us. Yeah, I, I believe what you can do is uh, actually let me go to their Facebook page right now because you can get the posters that we just received. You can get the art on a uh, on a T-shirt, which is uh, uh, pretty cool. It's actually, can you describe the, the poster we're looking at here? All right, so first off, what we have is uh, it's a world leader looking directly at the viewer with his finger pointing. He says, I want you for the Horus Heresy. Heresy Accountability Buddies. And it's done in like a banner style, but also like an old recruiting poster. And it's got the symbols of the different factions along the bottom, the the Mechanicum, the Imperium itself, Imperial Agents, the War Master, and I believe the Astartes themselves. And then we also have a uh, loyalist theme poster where we've got, it looks like a uh, Siege of Terra defense-based force where we've got like a White Scars Contemptor, a uh, custodian holding up a banner and an imperial fist. It looks like the new Praetor, the one where he's got the sword and like all of the uh, the rivets. It says, Loyalist, declare your allegiance. And there's like a stylized, like a, a not a silhouette, but a, uh, a stenciled uh, Reaver Titan in the background. And then the accompanying poster is going to be the traitor version where we have a Mark III Emperor's Children Marine a Sons of Horus Praetor holding up a banner and an Alpha Legion Contemptor. And so uh, the uh, accompanying Declare Your Allegiance poster, which is also super dope. It's got a Warhound stenciled behind it. And yeah, dude, these are dope posters. Beautiful posters. Uh, I'm very interested. I love that I want you for the Horus Heresy uh, poster because it does look like like one of those old World War II like uh, posters. Yeah. Uh, you can actually get this on a T-shirt from Aneptus Astartes 30K.myshopify.com or you go to the account on AbilityBuddy's uh, Facebook page. They should have a link up there. But it's Aneptus Astartes 30K, the same as the uh, podcast. 
dot my shopify.com and you can get these the same poster we just received just on a t-shirt so you can flex on your homies because oh, yeah. you know you every every game you say hey i'm more of a heresy fan than you are and you say no uh oh yeah you got the cups you got the dog tags you got the dice <laughs> and then you, you rip open your jacket and there it is the sweet sweet heresy i want you for the horse heresy uh t-shirt just let them know Thank you so much, Duncan and uh, Jack. We definitely appreciate uh, you and guys and everybody at the Accountability Buddies. You know, if you like our content and you don't check out the Accountability Buddies, what's wrong with you? Go check them out. Yeah, and if you like what we do, you'll love what they do. Powerful, powerful Accountability Buddies. Uh, love those guys. Uh, Hell yeah! So, voicemails. We open the package. Some hobby progress. What you been working on, Derek? All right. So uh, I've had a bit of a wild week. Uh, so I know we talked a few weeks ago kind of about the Texas seasons, how those work, because we were in pollen season for a while, and that marked the beginning of what some people call spring. Down here we call it fever, pollen, allergy season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself advanced a little earlier than I thought I would into summer with uh, AC problems. Oh, <laughs> Okay. That, that's kind of a yearly thing for some of us down here. Uh, that's how you know summer is hit. It's because your AC goes out. And if it was convenient, your AC wouldn't go out. No, it wouldn't. That's It's supposed to go out So during it, the hottest time of the year. Yeah. I mean, it could have been worse. It wasn't super hot because we have had a lot of like rain and just kind of like cloudy weather. But uh, so the AC went out at the place where I am staying. So I kind of spent the week camping out at the place I will be moving to. Oh, yeah, so I haven't had internet for a while. Uh, before I did that little transition, I did hang out a little bit in the hobby hangout as much as I could. I've been trying to crunch out these ultramarines, and there's a lot of not blue on these guys. And uh, you don't really realize that until you're wrist deep in it. No, yeah, it's a uh, it's a thing. But I did bring one of these models over to show you. You got to check them out. Striking blue. It is a. Uh, it reminds me of a midnight ocean. Yeah, because I've been painting these in the Hobby Hangout, and I'm looking at them, and I'm seeing what everybody else is posting through the lens of their fantastic uh, hover cam Solo 8. And I'm, like, looking at my guys now. It's like, oh. But I think what's going on here is the blue in my color scheme is doing a lot of the heavy lifting visually. And then, so, like, my full Mentaris Terminators. The more I do to them, the less blue they get because I'm doing their, like, the leather straps I'm doing is, like, a white leather... I'm doing all the gold accents and things like that. And that's just less blue. So it kind of draws the eye away from it. And then every little mistake I do with that just kind of amplifies it. Plus I'm trying to like crunch this out as an army. And so they're, they're kind of tabletop standard and I'm really not aiming for like picking the model up and rubbing your eye on it quality. Yeah. yeah. Just cause I can't do that to what, like 60 infantry models. And you shouldn't be expected to either. Uh, but so yeah, just been wrist deep in that while I don't have internet and just forcing myself to do that, plus trying to get that space ready for me to actually move. And now that I've been staying there, it's like, okay, cool. I think I've got a better idea of the priority because right now, with all that weather we've been having, with all the rains, the backyard's kind of a swamp. Okay, yeah, so, same. So I've been looking into landscaping, like what can I do about that? Do I have to put in like a French drain where you dig a trench and fill it with rocks? You let me know, dude. I've got some... Uh since my, my pops, my old man, he's a, uh, you know, head honcho over at the Kubota leadership. Yeah. We can uh, borrow some equipment. So if you do have to, to you know, if, do some trenching, you let me know. If we got to put a trencher through the uh, through the works. <laughs> I've I'll seen enough you know. YouTube videos to put in a French drain, all right? Okay. It's not too difficult. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, I've been hoping that just by aerating it a little bit, I improve kind of the water movement through the soil. Sure. But I don't know if that's going to be able to handle the problem we have because there was a pool. And then we got a hurricane and it knocked the cover into the pool and we didn't notice. And it went unnoticed for a very long time. And then a lot of the water evaporates. And then without that water pushing down, the force of the earth pushing up causes problems with the concrete. And then it's either, you know thousands of dollars to have the pool repaired or a significantly smaller amount of money to have all the concrete busted up, kicked into the hole and then dirt put on top of that. Oh, okay. So that's kind of what happened. And now it's the swamp. And I, I, I'd been told by our contractors that they did bust holes in the bottom so that it doesn't just become a giant bowl that holds water that then moves soil that then becomes a sinkhole. Oh, that, that was a, a prime concern over how this gets handled. But there's other parts of the yard that did flood really badly. So I don't think it's like sinkhole related issues. I think it's just kind of general neighborhood uh, irrigation issues. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that so. seems like a significant backyard issue. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're getting it addressed immediately. Uh, addressed is a strong term. Uh, they threw me at it and said, well, try some stuff and uh, let us know what works. <laughs> Go dig holes in the backyard. And you say you aerated it. Like, did you, so what I have is a, uh, it's like a stick. Like it's almost like a, it's like a stick with a T shaped handle at the top. And it's that you step on four twisted prongs at the bottom. Yeah. So you either step on it or twist it in yourself and then use that to like leverage it up. And I'm not, like, pulling stuff out, so I'm not, like, wrecking the grass, but I'm, like, going in and then just, like, wiggling it back and forth and just kind of loosening up just that top layer. Okay, okay. Just to let it soak a little bit. I've looked at lawn aerators, and they don't look like they go much deeper than that. No, they don't. So hopefully I'm not making a huge mistake and turning up the lawn, but a lot of that a lot of that area didn't have grass to begin with anyway. Yeah, no, you're pretty good. I mean, aerating, you've, what, like, St. Augustine or... I don't know what type of grass it's got. Okay, we'll look at it one of these days. It's uh, you, you should be okay with aerating. I mean, aerating's not going to fuck with any grass. Now, yeah. dethatching, you don't want to do that with St. Augustine. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. And <laughs> that was one of the things that they talk about is that can remove some of the impediments to the water movement. But I'm not going too crazy with that because I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, no, easy but, enough. But it's like, oh, yeah, the time you want to do it is kind of, you know, uh, late from late spring to like, er, or from early spring to like late summer is a good time to do it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt anything by trying it right now. No, you're solid. You're solid. So I've been, been doing that and then just kind of working on the house, trying to make room for us moving in and addressing issues and that fun jazz. But I, I did get some significant work in all my infantry. I, I think the only infantry squad left that, like, has major work needs to be done on them is my Seekers. Okay. But every other squad, I at least have the medals blocked in and the gold highlighted. Gotcha, gotcha. And hoping to have photos of them up on the Discord soon. Lovely. Uh, other than that, uh, my dad's been renting out his PA places, and I've been chasing him around trying to move speakers for him. Yeah, as, you, as a good son would do. Yeah. Just help him out. Very cool. Very His cool. partner had uh, hernia surgery a few months ago, and like he can do stuff. It's just the doctor's like, "Hey, you shouldn't be pushing it." And you just like kissed your biceps in front of him. You're like, "Oh, you mean these bad boys?" I just I just start flexing. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, it sucks." 
Uh, pretty much, yeah. Dig it, man. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh, what about you? What have you been working on? Quite a bit. Uh, so May 5th, we have the Heresy at the Alamo. I believe it used Alamo to be called... GT? Used to be called Alamo GT, but I guess like the sub event is Heresy at the Alamo. Is okay, yeah, Alamo GT is the overall event, and then the Heresy track is called Heresy. At the Heresy at the Alamo, which is crazy because like I remember like uh, Her- Her- Alamo GT being huge, right? Yeah. So, and I know they're holding it at the Battle Pub, which is a big. It's a big actual venue, but it's oh, not. They got accommodation. Huge, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like there's a there's a lot of tables. Yeah, but like Alamo GT level table? I don't know. I, maybe. Maybe they're going to hold... Because they're supposed to have that, a Star Wars Legion thing. They're supposed to have 40K there. Like, it's supposed to be a significant event. So, we will see. We'll see. I, I think it's Alamo GT, but I think maybe... I don't know if it's like at a different location. Whatever. Either way, May 5th, I'll be at the Alamo GT Heresy at the Alamo uh, event. So, I've been uh, uh, doing a few things for that. Like, I have to absolutely uh uh get my stuff ready so i've been doing a ton of painting um now here's why i kind of fucked up because friday's that apocalypse game yeah and i'm hard on this like mimitim host thing so like i'm ready to fight some titans like that's my whole idea is i want to have this host of angels that just is like solely dedicated to like bringing titans to bear and there's people posting up their titans that are going to this event, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, you, you know, got, got a Reaver warlord and a warbringer, and I'm just like, excellent. Oh, you're traitors, excellent, even better, <laughs> lovely, lovely. So, uh, um, so I like initially I just got all of my turrets painted up, uh, got those all ready. Um, I had six predators I had to get assembled, and then like just this past week. I hopped in the Discord. Like, I knew I had to get this stuff ready, and so I hopped in the Discord, and I was like, let me just talk with some guys, and I'll just, like, work as long as I can. Oh, yeah. But, like, talking with, like, Duncan and Brian and uh, and everyone in the Discord, they're just, like, they keep you motivated and going. 100%. And then you just find out, you're like, man, I just painted six Predators. <laughs> like, it's I just like, got, oh, like... <laughs> oh, it's, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. I've been painting for six hours? Yeah, dude, it was a... Uh, I, I knew it was a long time because my uh, my Windows 10 kept trying to update, and it told me, remind me in an hour. And I just kept hitting... I probably hit remind me in an hour, like, four times. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, shit, I've got to work. <laughs> like, I, like, I got to get to work, like, in a few hours. So, so I sat down. I got six Predators painted up. Uh, well, I got them... Like, I do a black, a, a white Xenothal, then a red, and then a highlight red. And so I got them all to the highlight red part, which now it's a... Uh, Gloss coat, decals, uh, uh, weathering, and then they're right. done. And so, tabletop standard. Yeah. So, and then you hit them with the juice. Then you hit them with the old juicy juice. And so, uh, uh, I got those painted. I got the new Cerberus kit. Um, dude, let me just say, all of these new GW kits that are coming out, they're unusually good fitting. Like they're like exceptionally fitting, like suspiciously good. Yeah. Like it is something like precision, like German made fits like stuff that fits like well together. Like if you've assembled the Spartan, you know, 
like kind of how stuff slides in with each other. And you have to like, when you're assembling it, you kind of have to fit it. And then once you do fit it, it's like, it doesn't even need glue. It's just like holding itself in that spot. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Cerberus and the Typhon are both like that. Like, uh, like the like the old Rhino where you always have that seam where the side panel sits on. Yeah, and you open it and it's like a confetti bomb with tracks, individual track links. And <laughs> just, oh, Jesus. Why would you clip these for me? They're like, yeah, put those together, idiot. It's like, did you give me extra? No, the exact amount you need. Don't lose them. Because 3D printers don't exist yet, you idiot. Yeah, no, it's uh, the, the worst, the worst. So now it's like... Uh, I put together Spartans. I put together the Typhon. I remembered what the Typhon was like. So when I got to the Cerberus, dude, I just ran through that thing like so quick getting it assembled. Um, luckily, I had the Artisans of Vol uh, side sponsons. Uh, yeah, the, the oatmeal sponsons. Yeah, the oatmeal sponsons. Hashtag oatmeal gang. And uh, so I had the oatmeal sponsons and because I'm part of his Patreon. So I printed those. Well, I took the design from those because they have the quad last cannon because it's meant for the Spartan. Yeah. And so I, while I was, uh, you know, in a meeting, I shaved the last cannons down, the quad last cannons, and I converted them to a single last cannon. And then I went to, uh, uh, I, I took the these guys right here, which are the, uh, the side plates, the side like up armor that are replaced. They replace the doors. You can have those if you want them. Oh, um, I'm gonna do them. I don't know either. That's why you know <laughs> immediately gave them away. Uh, so yeah, so I took those fellas, which are the up armor doors, and I kind of remimicked that look onto the oatmeal sponsons from Artisans of All, and that way it could it could be used on a Typhon or a Cerberus. Okay. And so I printed them up for my Cerberus, fit like a charm, classic. Classic uh, Cerberus, uh, classic Artisans of All quality. One print, one go. Slapped them on the side and uh, got to painting. Um, I saw in the Discord, you're like, hey, by the way, if you tweak this by like this much here, this gun also just fits on the, the Cerberus. Yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I did uh, give him some notes. Yeah, let him know that he, there are some cool things he can do with his, uh, with his models. Um, so yeah, so I, I did that, got that uh, Cerberus all painted up, got it ready to move, and uh, I took your advice on the uh, Titanicus uh, decals. Uh, what advice? Uh, you you had mentioned that you had seen somewhere that uh, uh, the different levels of, uh, I oh, guess like oh, the yeah, sword yeah, yeah. and the axe and yeah, the... Yeah, you were talking about uh, kill markings for your tanks, and I... I was looking at uh, Titan markings and there's different like symbols that correspond to different classes of Titans. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, since my whole Legion, like, well, since my Mimitim host is dedicated to taking down Titans. Okay. I, uh, was like, well, my Cerberus is the big dog, right? He's in here. He's going to be just slinging neutron everywhere. <laughs> and so <laughs> I gave him uh, six Warhound kills. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. and uh, two Reaver kills, nice. like just like preloaded on him. Like I gave him experience points, even though he hadn't done shit yet. So, well, it's either that or you like have him done up as stickers, and then you like do it mid game, and you're that asshole. Oh my god, that would have been way cooler than what I did. <laughs> Are you oh, kidding that, me? Like, but hadn't, oh 
I'm sorry. I should have said that sooner. Bring me a sticker. <laughs> Peel it off in front of me. A little higher, like a little a little ten year old boy to dress up in in full regalia. Like, yeah, sir. One sticker. Put it on my put it on my Cerberus, you fool. <laughs> yes, the Cerberus is taking on another warhound. Very nice. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh so yeah, so got that bad boy painted up. Uh, so with that, what my count is, it's uh, uh, 17 Predators Whoa. and two Cerberus. Um, I modified the Triplasma to be a Tri-Neutron, just like the Cerberus is. Okay. So I can just slide that in and turn my Typhon into a, uh, uh, a Cerberus as well. Hell yeah. So I'm going to run two Cerberus, Venator, and then uh, 18 Predators. Jesus. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, so, uh, can I ask? Mm-hmm. Have you considered what happens if this makes the Apocalypse game not fun for the other side? Uh, it will be fun for our side. So, like, half <laughs> will have fun. Right? Like, <laughs> so, like... <laughs> hey, you know how you're, you can't be pinned because you don't like being pinned? All right, well, your Titan is basically pinned. <laughs> so, like, the good news is um, I think what's going to happen is like you know when like titans whole purpose is to kill other titans and then like just once a titan dies it's just like let's fuck up the little guy right i think yeah. what's going to happen is i'm going to be priority target number 1 for everybody oh yeah and so like basically i'm intentionally putting this giant target on my back do i think i'm going to stun lock an entire titan legion i hope to god i do exactly once but it's very i think it's a very very but- low chance I'm going to do that. So either the other side is going to take a look at what you've got and they're going to know exactly what's about to happen and they're going to do something about it. And to be frank, I'm very, very open about what my intentions are. Okay, because I didn't know how much you wanted me to be like, oh yeah, no, he's just going to absolutely stun Titans and you're not going to get to do anything. Yeah, no, that's a... I'm very, very open about what I'm doing and what my intentions are. And so I think what's going to happen is they're going to go, Hey, all of the tanks with the gold turrets have to die. (laughs) And so like, it's going to like my entire team is going to kind of get like a breath of fresh air for one turn while my tanks are dying. Everybody keep your head down and don't stand next to the gold tops. (laughs) It's just stand back boys. They know what they got into. I put kill markings on them. So uh, they, uh, they're definitely a lot prouder than they should be. And they have any right to be. Okay. But so let's say hypothetically you get to go first. Oh, we're stun locking at, at least a few Titans. Uh, those Titans aren't going to be destroying you because they're not gonna be able to shoot. So that does put the onus kind of on their teammates. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I guess, you know, worst case scenario, it encourages a little bit of coordination. Yeah. If you don't see, if you are going to Alamo GT <laughs> and you are a Titan owner, there's the call out. Kill the gold top predators. They are not good for your Titan. The one with conversion beamers will blind you, and the ones with <laughs> neutron. neutron blasters will stun lock you. Kill them immediately. <laughs> also, there's a red Taurus in the front. Your blinkers are on. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't even think they make the Taurus anymore, <laughs> let alone. No, somebody's got one. Why would you have both blinkers on? That's called your hazards. What? So. Those are your park anywheres. That's why they're on. <laughs> so yeah. So that's that's a uh, that's my intention. A little, little pro tip. 
But what sucks is, um, so I made that host before I had a playable 3,000 point army. <laughs> so, oh, so how's that going? Uh, so good news is I'm taking an armored spearhead. Um, and because I've been playing a battle sim, right? I'm like, me and uh, me and Tyler, we've been like tuning our list because Tyler's new. Yeah. So like Tyler is learning his ultramarines, and so he's literally trying everything. Oh yeah. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, how does um, how does this feel, or how does a Spartan with a Punisher do against Contemptors, or how does a Bell Predator do against Contemptors? So he wanted to run Contemptors, he wanted to run Suzerains, he wanted to run Cataphracta and a Spartan. And so, like, he's learning all of, like, the the harsh, uh, the harsh like, reality of, like, what seems like a really good unit. He's, like, like basically getting that upload really quickly because he can yeah. learn it in an hour versus four hours. And yeah. so... Uh, and also, he, doesn't ha- he can focus on learning one unit yes. versus having to learn the entire list. Learn what they're good at. Learn what they're bad at. Learn what, you know, they uh, excel at, right? how fast they move. Like in your mind, it's very hard to imagine how fast cataphracti move. But when you're playing them, you're like, Oh fuck, these are slow as shit. <laughs> like these guys are yeah. trudging. So, so how has it been working as a tutorializing tool? It's perfect. It's, it's a hundred percent perfect. It is a, uh, everything that I could imagine it would be. It's that. And a little bit more only because I thought, so for, for those of you that aren't familiar, we keep talking about battle sim. And so if you, if you go to the discord or, you know, I might just post up the rules just on our Facebook. It's a 1000 point mission. Okay. Now, if you're familiar with the old planet strike rules where you had attackers and defenders and you had different force organization charts based on whether you're their attacker or defender, but none of the force organization charts force you to take an HQ. None of them force you to take troops or anything like that. You could take whatever you want. Everything is kind of like zero to X. Like defenders have a higher uh, heavy support choice tr- uh, choices. Attackers have higher fast attack choices and elite choices. And so it lets you test out these units that you've wanted to test out or you want to see what they're good at or what they excel at, but doesn't kind of restrict you to only taking them into this like, hey, you need to squeeze this into this uh, 3000 point game and then they can't get there. And in addition to that, we have it on a four by four table and there is line of sight blocking terrain between the attackers defending zone, the attackers deployment zone and the defenders deployment zone. And then there's line of sight blocking terrain on the outside as well. And so there, it forces you to move up on each other. Cause you can't see each other. So you have to move around, use your range or you have to use indirect fire or you have to do all these different things. And, and what makes it so fun is it kind of, it, it, there's only one objective and that is to get a model within your enemy's deployment zone. And there's no points for killing. There's no points for slaying the warlord. None of that exists. So if you want to turtle up, and block anybody from coming to your deployment zone, you can do that, but you're not going to get any points, and you're going to get a tie. And pretty much every game we've played so far has been a tie. But kind of the way I think about it is, like, if I was thinking of, like, a battle sim, you come out of it learning, but not, you know, like, 
losing or winning. You just learn. And so the idea is like if space Marines were like having a battle simulator, they're just like shooting paintballs at each other, you know, like laser tagging it up. It's like laser tag, but for your models. And so, uh, so, so some of the things that I've taken away from it. Yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, so bell predators versus contemptors. Absolutely. Fuck. Like I had no idea that a bell predator was going to ruin contemptors days like that. Yeah, throw enough dice, get enough wrens. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Um, the uh, land speeder Proteus. Yes. A squad of five with multi-meltos and graviton. Oh, my God. Extremely powerful. I did not know, like, because for one, it's cavalry. They have three wounds apiece. Uh, so they're not getting one tapped. Uh, they're, you know. Uh, they can react with everything. They don't care about offensive or defensive oh, or primary weapons. Ridiculous. Tyler learned not to shoot at them with bolters because they're going to shoot back with multi meltas and graviton. Yeah. And so immediately he, because he, he thought, oh, I'll just put some wounds on them. Okay. Well, they're going to put a lot more wounds back on you, buddy. Good luck. And so uh, uh, they're exceptionally good. They have hit and run. They get out of there. Then they start attacking you again. It, they're brutal, man. It's like you can't. Uh, they're they're very brutal. It's uh, I'm looking forward to running them. They're a powerful tool. Um, I ran a basilisk to see how the basilisk would do, and I thought that it would be okay. You thought it'd be better now that you get to take advantage of that barrage. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh no, it's horrible. Now, keep in mind, everything is, like, reinforced and heavy nowadays. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like... Everything you want to shoot it at, it's not going to do anything to. So, immediately, I lob a strength nine blast onto a Spartan. Yeah. And then Tyler's like, oh, it's flare shield. It's, that's minus two strength. I'm like, oh, so it's strength seven. So, like, I can't do anything anyway against the Spartan because it's front number 14. Oh. Okay. And then, you know, my five land speeders roll up on the poor Spartan and just send it to hell where it belongs. Let you him know? know what neighborhood he's in. Yeah, multi-meltas, gravitons, everything just gone. Erase it off the board. Well, then all these cataphractic come out, and I'm like, perfect. They're all bunched up. Let me go ahead and send it the old... <laughs> the old... Uh, Who are those? <laughs> no friends of mine. <laughs> send them to hell, Basilisk. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Just shrugged it off. <laughs> like, definitely, definitely. The Basilisk isn't where it is anymore. Uh there's just nothing that it could have done. Uh, the the shining, shining light in that game was uh, one of my land speeders. Uh, multi-melters multi are all twin link now, which is hot, which is insane. I mean, that's they should have never done that. That's illegal. Should have been illegal. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so if a Xiphon rolls up on you, I mean, I'm going to shoot all of my multi-melters at the Xiphon. With, with enough multi-melters, you'll get it. A twin link multi-melters. You'll roll a six. Don't worry. It'll happen. And Zyphon ain't going to do much when it gets caught up by a multi-melter that's fired in the air. So I, Even if you're not in melter range, that'll do it. Yeah. So I took down a Zyphon. Uh, I, th- I rolled a 17, I think, is like what strength 17, I think, was what I got hit with. It was pretty bad. Um, uh, Tyler absolutely messed me up with some Caesareans, man. They are... Super, super difficult to kill. Yeah. He did the whole character thing where it's like uh, all and of one, their... Yeah, you, you roll, and because of the character rules, you are never forced to allocate a wound to a character model. Yes. And because they're all characters, 
oh, hey, look, I'm going to roll on this guy. Oh, I failed one. He takes a wound. I'm going to choose a different guy now. Yes. And so you can't kill any of them until you wounded all of them. And it's very, very difficult to get through. Yeah. It took a bunch of Bell Predator shots. Yeah, that's why I don't like doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I can't say nobody can do it, but I can say I don't I don't do it. So. <laughs> They're expensive <laughs> and uh, they can do what he needs to get done. Uh, well, they're what are you talking about is expensive. Oh, I, I forgot. They're not expensive. They're <laughs> as expensive as Legion Cataphracty Terminator, <laughs> but way better, but better in every way. <laughs> they can sweep. So yeah, they can sweep. They can use their bolt pistols. They can, they, they can fit in a land Raider. Oh, yeah. They ain't no crimson paladin. That's they're for sure. scoring. So, but yeah, no, I mean like all those different stuff where you just kind of play like quickly, just get that hour. And like one of the crazy things is I'm getting these text messages at like, you know, like eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. Hey, do you want to play some battle sim real quick? Yeah. Come on over. I got the setup in my shop. Like Somebody. The hey, you up text. Yeah. And we've gotten so good at it because we'll have like our list that we've been wanting to try ready. So Tyler will roll up, bring me a green tea, slam the green tea. We play. We're done. It's an hour. Nice. In and out, bro. It's it's a uh, we we're posting all the pictures of our games and everything like that. Um, we're learning leadership. And there's so much stuff that that I am carrying over from last edition that I keep checking myself on. And so like uh, like stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, they just do that. This is how it works. I'm like, wait, let me double check because this might have changed in the new edition. And I turn out I'm wrong. Right? It's it's a different. It works differently this this edition. Like a, a, a stubborn and um, inexorable, inexorable. Like there's so much different stuff out there that's changed. So like it gives you the opportunity to look these rules up and be wrong and say, oh, let's fix this now. This is how this should work. Yeah. Yeah. You're not worried about, okay, I'm slowing down the game. We got to get through a 3000 point game and we've been here for an hour and a half already. And if I stop to just look this up. I'm kind of sure on it, but I feel like I feel like that happens a lot where there's like a bunch of like, eh, fuck it. Like, we'll just we'll just let it happen. Right. Yeah. It's like now I can be that guy that's like, actually, that only has four whole points, not five. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let's let's look that up real quick. Let's, let's, I'm let's pretty confident it. that uh, Exoshock happens as a reroll after not an automatic penetrating. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. A, uh, yeah. So anyway. So that is, uh, yeah, it's battle sim been slamming it out. Super good time. Uh, since we've talked about some house stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, I've had, a, my, we had like a flea infestation. Yeah. I heard about that. Uh, so like the flea apocalypse, the flea apocalypse at my house. Uh, for those of y'all interested in this, like this is a good conversation to have. So I put in a catio in my house so my cats can go outside and like in and out through my bedroom window and like they just go through the cat door in and outside and i was like i'm the best cat dad in the world like my cat and you do you also if you go to the 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 pets channel inside the discord you'll see my cats laid up you'll see them having a good time in the the catio it's like i got a little camera in there because i want to make sure they're okay make sure it's like not a rattlesnake in there waiting for them you know i keep an eye on my kitties so anyway I get this uh, catio put up for my cats. And unfortunately, you know, once spring hits, that's when like the, the, the fleas come, right? They start laying their eggs. They like, once the humidity gets a certain level, 
it's like everything just starts going to chaos, right? And so, however happened, we had like two or three days of just like really bad fleas, which gave them enough time to just like lay eggs like everywhere. They just like produced baby fleas all over the place, all over the house. They put eggs everywhere. And so, uh, we're like, okay, well, we got to get like flea medicine. And so, I got some Advantage too, put it on the back of their necks. No problem. All right. Now the cats, all the cats got, got their flea medicine. Okay. So we're just like, they're super like they're poison cats now. Okay. But that doesn't stop the fleas. Like they just like, there's like, Oh, I'm poisoned now. Well, I'm still going to go find somebody else to go bite real quick, you know? So crazy. So I thought like every year, whenever we've had this like flea problem, you know, it happens like once a year, we just go, Hey, Roombas fucking double time, baby. You got to double like, you, you do, we're working double, okay? So we just put Roombas. They got to work twice. I've got two Roombas, Roombas here. You're working 12s until this is done. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? This is our one time a year where we got to shine. Let's go ahead and just kick ass. I don't know where this Roomba is, Bob. I can see you looking. I don't know where he is. He's somewhere. He got tired. He quit. He's working. <laughs> he's, he found somebody else's house to go to. He got he tired. I see you looking at the base. He's on, he's on strike. <laughs> he just left. He, he took his little hobo bag and <laughs> see how far that battery could take him. So, either way, okay. So, ho- <laughs> so Roombas go on double time, right? They got to do as much as they can, okay? So, in this room that we're in, right, My this is my office, yes, okay? Um, I'm a little bit worried about where I spray poison because I don't want the cats to get poisons on their paw and then lick their paw and then they're just getting slowly poisoned yeah. by me somehow if it's bad for fleas it's definitely not good for kitties yeah so like that's that's how my mind is even though it probably isn't the way it really works but either way uh around my house i don't really spray too much poison i try and do like a uh like diametaceous earth and stuff like that like kind of like natural stuff to to kill fleas even though like natural doesn't always mean like you know some i'd rather just lay out some demon and murder like a shit like <laughs> every bug that's in the area right but it's for my cat so you know yeah. i'm pretty calm about it uh, so my, my office, I can close my door to my office and say, Hey, there's no food. There's no litter box or nothing in here. So my office, it's like, you know, that's ground zero, like scorched earth in this room. Like you probably getting a little bit of poison right now on you, just being in here. I don't know if you're dizzy. I, I, I own and operate multiple 3d printers. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, if a flea was in this room, they've got some level of poison on them. They're dying. That's just the way it is. Okay. And so I would come into work, which I, you know, I kind of work from home. So I, you know, being able to work from home, right. I've got the shorts on, you know, got the, got the flip flops doing like the cool guy, you know, with the coffee, you know, early morning fleas kept getting in here. And I'm like, how dude, like this is scorched earth. This is like, there is no flea that should be able to survive in here. What the fuck is going on? How do fleas keep getting in here? So then I was trying to piece it together, dude. Like you see my lamp on the floor right there. Yes, like that, I, I had that, I put a little plate in the middle. So like fleas would jump in the plate and all that stuff and drown themselves. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. You put a plate in the middle with water and a little bit of dishwasher soap, the water, the dishwashing soap breaks the water tension. And so they jump in and sink straight to the bottom and they, you get to watch them drown. It's great. It's <laughs> like, it's that they deserve to die like that. The yeah. bastards. Yeah, so don't, don't attack the cats. Don't attack the cats. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. You're an enemy of me once you fight my cats. So anyway, anyway, I was trying to figure out where these fleas were coming from, how they kept getting in here. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe, because like I'm 
like I am at this point, Charlie Day conspiracy theory, like coming at this from every angle. Like, you, you know, I'm just like uh, uh, Pepe Silva, right? Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm freaking out. And so I'm like, maybe they're in the actual like floorboards. Like maybe they're in the, uh, out of the walls. They're coming out of the walls. Like maybe I can peel back these, uh, this, like this, uh, uh, not crown molding, uh, uh this molding. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm freaking out. Cause I'm like, how, where are they coming from? Right. I'm spraying, killing them. I'm going wild with the actual poison. Then I have a thought, right? Okay, what's up? I've always been told if you have a flea problem, you got to vacuum a bunch, right? You got to vacuum, 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 right? Okay. You're supposed to vacuum because vacuum kills them, all right? Okay. I go look up the science. Absolutely. Vacuum kills fleas. The bristles of the brush actually take off all the oils from the fleas and they dry up and die in the vacuum, right? That's brutal. Roombas don't have bristles. Oh. Okay. So I'm like, oh, Roombas don't. Like I looked at the signs. I'm like, well, maybe I need to vacuum harder. I was like, maybe I can put up the suction. I was like, this suction be, should be killing them because I just assumed it was suction. Okay. So I'm like, hey, Roomba doesn't have bristles. I was like, are the fleas dying? So I went and I pulled this bag out of here. So he's got the Roombas that have the uh, the station where they empty themselves? Yes. So, so both my vacuums have that, right? I pulled that bag. It's like a fucking flea circus in there. It just explodes. With it fleas. just explodes with fleas. It was like the world's worst confetti. The worst confetti, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, they're not dead in there, bro. They're, they're alive." So Roombas have been playing uh, consolidate the fleas. Some, some weird combination of Mr. Bucket and Hungry Hungry Hippo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, so this is why my office has so many fleas in it because Roomba's collecting all the fleas throughout the house, in the house. and bringing them to my office. And they're finding their, the, the smart fleas, which is probably the worst fleas, I would imagine, are finding their way out. They're feeling my vibration. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, he's here. Like, it's been really quiet in here. And then they're coming out. They're like basically ground zero over here. And so they roll out, bite me in the legs, everything like that. So I had to go on this whole, like, mission to poison the bag. And, like, like just, like, it's... Every, well, this is part problem, but it's also part opportunity because every flea, every flea in the house comes through this box. I've got a yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's horrible, horrible. The things I've been doing to those bags, <laughs> but just so you know, war crimes, <laughs> exactly. Some absolutely. I was wondering what was up with the phosphex. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, some horrible, horrible things. So if you are out there, if you are, if you have a flea problem and you think that your Roombas will take care of it. Just know, Roombas do not kill fleas. It's an important PSA. And we, we got them. We're getting them under control now. Good news. Like, they were way worse. We've, we've had to, like, put stuff all over the place. It was just, it was chaos for the whole week. But, like, yeah. it was definitely, definitely something that I had to learn. Sounds like an ordeal. It, it absolutely was. So, How are the cats doing? They're doing okay? They're doing great. They love the catio. They're out there right now. Look, awesome. Let me... You got a little camera that I can show you. They're probably all out there just getting all sorts of fleas and shit. Uh, good news is about a catio is uh, they also use the catio for the restroom. Okay. So, so, so it's like almost potty training the cats. Yeah. So there's mamas. She's up hey. there right now. Beezer. Just having a good old time. They love it. They have a good time. They yeah, pretty man. much spend all day out there. Any like elevated space to look out and judge things. Look at them. Love it. All in there. 
just like a secret kitty cat clubhouse. Yep. They love it. They're out there all night just being loud. And then it's, rowdy. it's funny because they're like, they're, they're, uh, they're scaredy cats. So like if something makes like a loud noise or something like that, like they four cats will just bolt through your bed. Yeah. It's all <laughs> like fucking three stooges <laughs> style. Just all force themselves in that cat door. I'm like, what, what is it? It's like, Oh, there's a, a dog bark. They're like, there's a man checking the utility pole. <laughs> like They're just like, Oh, there's a guy out here. He's a murderer. So just come in, like get the gun, take care of this, get him. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is my flea saga. Uh, but hopefully that clears up. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, back to some hobbying. I did want to talk about, um, our painting, uh, painting competition, yeah, the monthly painting competition. Yeah. So, so for those of y'all interested, uh, it's kind of the end of the month. So you're not going to be able to get into the character competition. Uh, our entries are going to be submitted by on the 30th. Uh, this will be the, uh, the character submissions for the month of April as part of our painting competition. I mean, to be fair, some people have done theirs in like two days. Yeah. Up there. If you're, if you can paint like that, you're welcome to try. I'm still working on mine. I got to paint a sword up and it'll be done. There you go. But, uh, just for y'all interested, if you are interested in hopping in one of these painting competitions, uh, we did some voting for the month of May for the painting competition for the RFI painting competition. And it is going to be, it looks like the tank one. Yes. As of right now, the big model, which is 60 millimeter base plus and vehicles is winning by a pretty wide margin. Okay. So, so perfect. So, so it's pretty safe to say if you have a big model that you are planning on painting in the next few days, like, I don't know, maybe a Cerberus that I just painted, <laughs> then, uh, you might consider holding off until May yeah. to participate in this because so, part of the entry is going to be a time-stamped photo of the model in question, unpainted. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, and we have a secret word that we will announce at May 1st. So Yes, so it'll have to have that secret word written on it, or on like a card in the same photo, plus the timestamp, and j- just to prove that, oh, yeah, no, the Titan I painted last week, oh, I've got unpainted photos of that. Let me just go ahead and throw that up in here. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're trying to trying to maintain a little bit of honesty here. So definitely, definitely look forward to that. So uh, it looks like May is going to be big model. Uh, I've been painting up my guy. I painted up a little hair fade on him. I was super fucking proud of that. Uh, I showed it off in the BB miniatures and then a uh, uh, powerful Brennan like gave me some tips as like I was hoping he would do, you know, it's like, he's like such a good teacher. He's like, Hey man, you want to take some like a red and like super glaze you just want to put it on his face to give his face some color. And I'm like, okay, okay, I will do it. I'll do that tonight. And by the way, I've been using my uh, Raphael 8404s. Those the brushes you ordered? Yeah, they're the uh, Red Sable Kalinsky brushes. I get it now. Oh, yeah. I get it, dude. They're excellent brushes. Yeah, I've got one, and it's like I, I, I don't want to use it. Because like right now I'm doing a lot of metals, and I'm, I've read that metallics are really bad. They're really harsh on brushes. Yep. So it's just like that's right now that's in an acrylic case until it's like I'm painting a face or I'm doing something like like oh bust that old faithful. Exactly, dude. No, no. It's a what a good time. <laughs> I need to be more bold with using it. Yeah. It, right now I've got like a an old games workshop medium layer brush that's got like a split tip on it. 
<laughs> just snake painting. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's pretty handy. Like when you're when you're painting eyes and you do it black and then you paint the white in so you can get more control over the pupil. It's like when you got that split tip just right, you just get both sides at the same time. <laughs> Straight down the middle, baby. <laughs> some some guys like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan's listening to this going like, oh, come on, Derek. <laughs> so. But all right, man, uh, let us transition over into some militia talk, dude. Yes. So for those of you not aware, you can go to Warhammer Community right now and you can download the Legacies of the Age of Darkness Imperialis Militia. I feel like a lot of people might not be aware how kind of mundane the announcement was. It was like, they're like, what's up, yo, uh, by the way, Militia's out. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's all they did. <laughs> like, Thanks, G-Dub, I guess. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, so that didn't give me a lot of confidence for this PDF, but having gone through it, I think it's stellar. I love this PDF. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, not mad at this PDF. It's got a lot of the vibes from the first edition militia stuff. Yeah, uh, they, they really got to capture the feel of what made them interesting. Yeah. The, uh, the first edition militia, they kind of had like a winning kind of combination of provinces of war and stuff like that. And I'm glad that they kind of redid that into here with some more interesting stuff and kind of mimic some of the, some of the models they have available now. Yeah. And definitely just kind of like this feels like just a updated version of the version 1.0. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I, it, it, I haven't got any like game time with it yet, but man, it just looks like it feels good. So just some just some quick explanation on how the Imperialist Militia works, right? And, and that is something I did want to bring up was it is just the Imperialist Militia. This is not the Colts. Right. So I'm, I'm curious if there is something that's going to be coming in later that is Colts-specific. I don't know. There is a lot of... Uh, there's a handful of trader-specific options in this PDF, mm -hmm. like some of your provenances as well as the the Psyker. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you could represent a cult horde with this pretty easily. I gotcha. So pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I do like that there are... For those of you all, y'all keep hearing, if you're not familiar with the version 1.0... And you keep hearing us say uh, the province. So you, you have what's called the provinces of war, which you get to take two of them. And that kind of picks the flavor of your army. Yeah, uh, It's a little bit like your uh, legion trait crossed with your right of war a little bit. Exactly. You, you can pick up to two of them and all of them have something special that kind of alters your like physical model or like what you physically look like as well as like how your model reacts in the game. But I would say one of the things to really understand is the way that these are pretty much you can, any of these number of combinations can represent pretty much a model that games workshop sells right now is how they like, there's like a way to make like Valhallans. There's like a, uh, like there's some that are reminiscent of like the Elysians. Yes. Which they don't sell right now. Yeah. Which, I mean, definitely very cool. There's a... a make us make us Elysium Kill Team Games Workshop. That'd be tight. You'd be great. You'd be awesome if you did that. So th there's a number of things in here that let you take some of those old militia that you've seen. I, I don't think there's... I, I think you could go out into the 
Necromunda range to the... Uh, oh, you can explicitly do that. Yeah, like Necromunda stuff, the uh, kill the, team stuff. The the Cargo 8 hauler is a Necromunda model. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is I, everything that... Every gang out there, you could develop and make into a full-fledged oh, army oh, with yeah, this absolutely. list. Your, your Vansar, your Cawdor. All of it. Your... Uh, not the what, Goliath. Yeah, Goliath. you can even do arbites with this stuff. It's oh it, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's definitely uh, the whole list itself is. You can go to anything in the Games Workshop range, see a human, and make it into an army. Pretty much. Valhallans, Vestroians. Uh, if you like Ogrins, you can do Ogrins. Bretonians. <laughs> you can make Bretonians in here. Sure. It. You know. You. I'm. You laugh. You could. Yeah, it's a. You could give them the plus one weapon skill, and then have your your men at arms. You're just like your your peasantry with like your your pitchforks, and maybe they have like a gun, <laughs> and then have mounted knights. Yes, you definitely could do that. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Somebody should do that. It, it it's definitely something that can be done. I will say that just because you can do it. <laughs> Doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean that you're gonna have a good time doing it. Oh, I don't. I don't think this is terribly competitive. Definitely. Uh, there's what's interesting about this list, right? And if I were to kind of guess how this would be run, right? This right. is this is this is like if I were to do an militia army, right? You need to understand that you are doing that as a a like an art piece or like as a love piece, right? Yes. This is this is thematic. This is flavorful. This is a love letter to the universe of the Horus Heresy. Yeah, you say, hey man, I've got a bunch of Valhalla models that I want to play in 30k Horus Heresy. This gives you the option to do that. If you say, hey man, I've got some squats that I want to bring into 30k. Yeah, I found some on a Patreon and I got some files for some like updated second edition style squats. None of this leagues of Votan stuff. <laughs> well, you do the leagues of Votan stuff with this. Oh, you could absolutely. But like say, say somebody didn't like the new aesthetic and they, yeah. they wanted to like update the older aesthetic. You could shout you out, like, shout out hardcore miniatures. Hell yeah. Uh, if you do like the leagues of Votan stuff, you can a hundred percent represent a lot of that range with this, these rules. Yeah, it is. Uh, this is a labor of love. This Imperialist militia list. It is a lot of work. I would say that if you're brand new to 30K, this is probably not how you should start. Oh, it's... Because you are going to spend months and months just getting an army ready. Yeah, this is a high model count that's not really... And not point and click. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of... uh, It's going to have a learning curve to it. Absolutely. And... uh, yeah, it's going to be rough going for a while. I would say this is an advanced army to play. I'm not going to, like, I would imagine that once this is dialed in as a player, once you have this dialed in with the amount of options you could have, you could have a exceptionally competitive militia army, but it's going to take some learning to get there. Yeah, it, it's going to have a skill ceiling to it. Like, you're going to have to make that list work. Yeah, I would probably compare this to old school Eldar that are capable but also they're very specialized yeah so you have to make sure your models are where they need to be this is definitely not the uh like just i mean i'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast you're familiar with heresy you're familiar with space marines and you know how space marines are way better than a dude in a t-shirt right a dude in uh, body armor even uh so 
this rep plates. Yeah, this represents just the normal guy. These aren't fearless dudes running around, superhumans. Oh, yeah, they so a lot of these guys have never even seen a space marine. So yeah, one thing that really f- you could feel from last edition is you had how morale works in 40k for everybody, which was just the standard, and then space marines work off of this different, better set of morale, mm-hmm. and that transitioned into the the first edition of Heresy. Where here's how morale works. Oh, but if you're legions of Stardes, you instead do it like this. So it's now the default is the the special rule. This is the opposite direction. So the morale in the rule book is how it works for Astartes. But then you look at your uh, militia unit type, and that's that tells you how morale works for everybody else. Yeah, it is. Uh... You are running most of the time, as I would if I was a human. Oh, yeah. If your unit's below half strength, they cannot rally. Once they run, they continue to run. Forever. There's no turning them back. Uh, there is... It, it, it remains to be seen if you join a fearless character to them if they rally. That's... There's a, a little bit of... There's some questions we gotta... I gotta sit down and uh, add to the list. Yeah, they also have a good representation of how their uh, their tanks are not these like take to a million battles and oh and yeah, these are not the solar auxilia tanks. These are not space marine tanks by any means. They're not legion tanks. These, these things are running, and that is a blessing. Yeah, I think uh, these, so. These are the Star Wars versions of these tanks, where everything is just like held together by duct tape <laughs> and made of some sort of uh, vacuum formed plastic. <laughs> If the Star Wars vehicles were made the same way the models for the Star Wars vehicles are made. So they have a, for all of their vehicles, they actually have a special rule called the third line unit type. And the fluff behind this actually says those million, I'm sorry, those militia forces that could field heavy armor in any quantity made do with an older design and marks that were no longer in active service or with cast off or damaged units no longer fit for frontline combat. The only consolation for such commanders was that the arsenals of many worlds held large numbers of forgotten war machines left to molder and rust as war raged across the Imperium. So with that in mind, as old faithful, they are getting hand-me-down tanks, hand-me-down units. And with, with that special rule translates to these units, uh, they, they cannot be glanced. I can only be penetrated. That glance gets upgraded to a penetrating hit automatically. Yes. But, they never give victory points, even if they're Lord of Wars. Yeah. So that's a... And so with the way Lord of Wars work, if you felt like it, you could just take a 400-point uh, Baneblade. I feel like this is the one time that like uh, G-Dub has openly listened to the community <laughs> about how, disres- how they disrespected the Baneblade. Yeah, so if you don't mind that third line subtype, you can just take a 400-point Baneblade. Which, if you think about it, the third line subtype doesn't really do a whole bunch to the Baneblade. Because a glancing hit to a Baneblade is the exact same thing as a penetrating hit, unless it's AP2. Yeah, anything that was AP2 or higher could penetrate it already. It's just anything that's like strength 8 AP2 now penetrates double. And so what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? No, now it penetrates, so I'm going to mobilize you. I don't care. I'm super heavy. Oh, you're going to destroy my armament? No, you're not. I'm super heavy. Anything that was throwing on the extra D3 hull points for the explodes result was already doing that. Definitely. So So Baneblade, back on the menu. 
Yeah. Glad I'm to have you a back. A little bit ahead. Yeah. I think one of the main strengths of this list is how easy it is to ally in with the stuff. Oh, you can take uh, some militia? Is that the plan? I mean, this PDF has me reconsidering Liberation Force. Gotcha. Guard. Okay. So for those of you not familiar, Raven Guard Liberation Force, uh, you have to take a, an allied detachment of either Solar Auxilia or Militia, but it makes that entire detachment stubborn. And all Raven Guard within six inches of them are fearless. So, so yeah. that down. You just say, hey, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. Wink. <laughs> and there's like, thanks, man. Now, your uh, Imperialist Militia infantry, <laughs> infantry Squad is Leadership 6. Jesus. So, fingers crossed. Just because they're stubborn doesn't mean they're fearless. And stubborn just means that they don't receive negative penalties to their morale. Yeah. So don't bust a unusually low leadership with a uh, pretty much (laughs) always rolling seven on two dice. And that six is on the sergeant. So don't let him get sniped. Oh, God. But there is something that Josh does that is really clever where if he wants a unit to fall back because he runs small squads, like if he just wants that unit to go and like leave combat so they can shoot what charged it, maybe he does take out the sergeant and the guy with the box because mm. he gets to allocate those wounds. So, yeah. So that's one of the like tactics I think that is you're going to need to be dialed into if you want to make this list like perform. It's a it's a very interesting list, man. Even this, like, even the baseline militia infantry squad is 80 points, and you get 20 dudes with it. Yeah. So that's four points a model. Yes. That is, mathematically, that you are a one-up on a space marine. Like, you could absolutely just, you know, send wave yeah. after wave of your own men into a... You're looking at an average of, like, 12 points a model for a space marine? Yeah. Can one space marine take out three militia? No. Well, uh, shooting, uh, shooting and close combat, maybe. Absolutely. But, absolutely can. But it's, it's, but it's his, but will he <laughs> question? Is he, is he capable of doing it? Absolutely. Is it going to take him a while? Absolutely. It just depends on the situation. Yeah. I think if you run the, uh, run the, the psyker and bring in some demons to the party, I think you can do some crazy stuff. I think once that demons PDF comes out, that is going to be a de facto bump to this for traders. Absolutely. Cause you can just drop Cabanda in here. He's a Lord of war. He doesn't have to bring an allied attachment. You can just throw Cabanda in here. Cabanda just come on in and he makes people crazy. And I'm surprised they brought in the, uh, the psyker model cause they didn't need it. They could just bring in a lodge priest from the, the solar auxilia legacy. They needed something. I mean, I don't mind them having it. Definitely. And unfortunately for an allied detachment, that Psyker is a uh, support squad, so he cannot be a compulsory HQ. So you have to be running a primary detachment to run him. I gotcha. Because you can only have zero to one in ally. Yeah, your allied detachment just has one compulsory HQ, but no non-compulsory. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm glad they brought the, the new Militia Field Gun Battery in there. Uh, that's something that we oh, haven't the, seen. Yeah, the the new Astra Militarum like heavy, yeah, heavy gun emplacement. They brought those field gun emplacements. Dude, those heavy las cannons. Yeah, they're oh, they're no joke. No joke. Uh, the We're looking at uh, brute squads. The Ogren brute squads, which can now be taken as like a troop choice. You can just run like yeah, a whole uh, army. 
Yeah, so if you are going to try to digest this, they do have the Provenances of War listed right after the Force Commander. I'd say skip that and just look at the rest of the rest of your units, get a feel for what they are, how they do. Like your Grenadier Squad, that's kind of your, your elite guys where you only get 10 of them, but they've got slightly better gun options. And then you go back and look at your Provenances of War and see, oh, I've got one that removes support squads, so I could take those as my compulsory. Or, oh, I can give them all Volkite and Needle Pistols, which nobody's talking about Needle Pistols because it's kind of a joke, but if you pay the points to upgrade them to the Volkite, you can also for free upgrade their pistols to either the Volkite Serpenta, which why would you shoot those instead of the big Volkite, or Needle Pistols, which gives you a different option that I think is handy to have in your back pocket. In case you do need to throw a bunch of like a bunch of poison three up shots into maybe a dreadnought or something. Yeah, or even a squad of space marines. Yeah. Well, I mean the Volkite wins them on three anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, but whatever's in front of you of of needle pistol is gonna be just fine. Yeah, it it gives you the option. But yeah, there there's there's a lot of different things that you can represent with this. I think the the jetpacks that I didn't expect that. No, me either. So if you take Survivors of the Dark Age, which used to let you take Rhinos and Land Raiders, and now it lets you take Termites as well, you can give your Reconnaissance Squads uh, twin pistols and jump packs. I don't know what models the, those are meant to represent. These guys are just like Boba Fetting around. Uh, I, I mean, they could potentially be Elysians, you know, Elysian style, low grav. That'd be really cool. I'd really like to see somebody do that. Yeah, it opens up a lot. It, does it give them deep strike as well or no? I don't believe it does. No, it just lets them set their value to 12. No, no, it doesn't look like it does. Okay, so it's a jet pack that works like a jump pack. Yeah. They make the distinction and then ignore it right here? Yeah. Okay. Because jetpack used to be a completely different thing for Tau. Yes, it's where you move your regular movement, shoot your guns, then move and again, then move again. So you get to hop out of cover, take your shots, and you get right back in cover. Which would have been insane to give militia. Yeah, a bunch of squads of dudes with pistols doing that. That would have been really interesting. So, just Derek, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah, what's up? If you had to run a militia force right now, like pure militia. Yeah, like pure militia. No Space allies. Marines didn't even exist. Just militia. What are you doing? What am I doing? Well, yeah, what are you coming out of this with? Okay, so what I had been looking at was the, I think, the legacy of the Great Crusade where you can take Grenadiers as your compulsory and then the Armory of Old Knight where you can give them the Volkite and the Needle Pistols and mm -hmm. then just, just force of weight with those Volkite dice. Love it. But... They've, they've got enough, like uh, enough of a broad, broad role and ways to specialize in many of those roles that they make a really good allied detachment. Like, oh, I've got no anti-tank. Cool. Maybe I bring in, you know, a Providence with a bunch of these heavy las guns. Strength 10, AP2, Sunder. Come on. It's good stuff. And you can get a not insubstantial amount of these guys for dirt cheap points wise. Yeah, that's something that I would also consider if you are thinking about playing these guys is have a way to 
movement tray your dudes around because this is going to slow oh, some games if, down. If you're playing pure militia, you are on the clock in your movement phase. Yeah. Just keep that in mind, especially if you're a newer player, don't know all the rules yet. I would play test this a number of times before I took it to an event because that many dudes moving around, your movement phase, your reactions, everything like that. Dialed in. Get it dialed in. You got to be locked in. Your opponent probably will have never played this list before. Mm -hmm. So the better you know it, the easier it'll be for you to explain it. But yeah, just going back and looking at some of this, the, the Cargo 8 hauler. That's that Necromunda like truck that it, you can put the the armored transport into the Connex in, and then yeah, the the shipping container. Yeah, shipping container with like stubbers on it. So we're talking. I was talking to some people about this. And like, okay, so it's twelve, twelve, yeah, twelve, twelve, twelve. No, twelve, twelve, eleven. And three hull points holds twelve guys, and it's got three heavy stubbers on it. Yeah. That's pretty close to just being a Camara, right? That is pretty much a Camara, yeah. <laughs> just a Camara. Yeah. If you want to run a Camara, you can just run a Camara and call it an armored rich hauler. Yeah, all day. But they definitely want to sell you that $100 armored rich hauler. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say disappointed because I didn't expect it. I didn't expect the ridge hauler in here, least of all. No, me either. But if we're going to just say, okay, to bring in a Necromunda model, bring in the Atlas. Or the Achilles. Is it the Achilles? The the Gene Stealer Colts one from 40K? I have no idea what that thing's called. <laughs> Maybe it's an Achilles. It's been so long. I'm just saying, you take the Gene Stealer Colts models, you file off the uh, the little Tyranid symbols and like swap out some of the more mutated bits. You got a solid like mining colony PDF. Maybe they're writing this down right now as they're hearing it. I really hope somebody is because that's a model they sell and they could sell more of that model. Because if I ran Militia, that would probably be the aesthetic I go for. I kind of feel like the Gorgon got a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was that movie that nobody watched? <laughs> uh, man, I couldn't tell you. With the vampire Spider-Man's... Uh... Oh, Morbius. Yeah, I feel like Mor the Gorgon got Morbius in here because they brought it back into Forge World. <laughs> like everybody is talking about the Gorgon and they're like, fine, we'll go ahead and reintroduce the Gorgon and we'll go ahead and start selling the Gorgon. But all the people who love the Gorgon so much already have Gorgons. Oh yeah. And so like, they're like, why are we selling Gorgons like hotcakes? Everybody wants Gorgons. Like, I feel like the community Morbius them into making more Gorgons. Yeah. I do think not being able to take them as dedicated transport kind of hurt. Cause you used to be able to do that. So you could just have four Gorgons. Yeah. And your opponent has to figure it out. What are they going to do? Yeah. They're still super heavies, though. I'm glad they kept that because it really seems like that was not something they were doing in the Solar Auxilla book. Oh, is they were yeah. just I mean, even in the Space Marine, uh, the actual Space Marine book, they stripped super heavy from a lot of tanks. I'm yeah. glad the Gorgon kept it and got to stay in a heavy support choice because. Oh, yeah. Making it Lord of War would have killed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have been able to put anybody in there but Militia. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. That's, the, that's also the only thing stopping you from loading this up in a Thunderhawk. <laughs> well, <laughs> technically you, you can't. You can't it's, it's not a Space Marine vehicle. You can't embark on a Space Marine vehicle. Yeah, but what you could do is you could take a primary force, if it was a Lord of War, which it's not, but if it was, you could take a primary force 
and then take an ally force and then put them in your Lord of War Gorgon <laughs> and like just have a Gorgon running around with dudes in it. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and just, you know. No, instead you can just take this as part of your ally detachment. Yeah, no. It, it's way cooler <laughs> doing yeah. it this way. Well, especially because one of the provinces gives you extra heavy support slots that mm. you have, but you have to put Russes in them, but it does free up your other slots to run Russes or to run uh, Gorgons. So you could run like three Gorgons and then two squads of Russes. Beautiful. Yeah. Gorgons for days, militia, Lehman Russ, everything we're talking about, all these big ass tanks, they all have their line. So they're all automa- automatic, uh, penetrating instead of glancing. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow along, I don't know that we're going to do like a super in-depth analysis of this, but the, fr- the rules are free. You can just go to the Warhammer community website and just download them. Yeah. And I recommend it. Like just, especially if you're like big into converting and just making a bunch of like interesting forces, like this is just a breeding ground of cool ideas. And uh Zach, powerful Zach De La Rosa from TFL had the brilliant idea to print these up into uh, four pages per page. Oh, yeah. So basically, we have all of the rules on six pages instead of the 41 pages. And so that's what you keep hearing, like paper shuffling around, is, is us quickly referencing these rules oh, yeah. We've got our on in front of us. six it's pages. Four pages to a uh, printed page and then front and back. It's, it's quick reference. The way it works out, all of your provenances are on just one sheet by themselves. And you've got your troops on one page. It just works. It works very well. So that's all I have for the militia. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't have a lot for it. It's just cool stuff. I'm glad it exists. And I feel a very different, like, I don't know how to describe it, but the solar auxilia, you look at the, how they made the transition over and it's like, it seems a little more restricted. Definitely. But then you look at this, it's like, this is like a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, like, it's like the closest we're going to get to a direct port from last edition where they like, they nailed it. Like they, they nailed the, the feel of it. I think they realize that by releasing something like this, it's like artistic freedom to do whatever you want with their model range. And it costs them nothing to say, Hey, bring in your cool militia. Yeah. Go buy this Necromunda model. We didn't sell enough. Go buy it. Yeah. They're like, hey, go ahead and we are selling a whole bunch of Ogrens. Nah, we'll make them troops. <laughs> yeah, let, let them take Ogrens as troops and give them, give them auto cannons. Fuck it. <laughs> give them a thunder hammer. Who cares? <laughs> they want more thunder hammers? Take Ogrens. Hey, you kids have fun. Don't go beating <laughs> up on our space marines because we still got to sell those. <laughs> Buy more of these Kadia stands boxes. <laughs> I'm surprised the Dorn isn't in here either. I'm surprised the Dorn isn't in here. If we got the, the heavy artillery stuff, but we don't have a Dorn? Yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. I love, I would love to see more content like this. Uh, kind of has me excited for demons too. Yeah, same. Because that was another force that was like, how do you want to run them? You can, do you want to run, you know, corn blood letters and a bunch of stuff like that? You can. Do you want to run, do you want to run like a Xeno race? you could kit them out as demons and that probably works. I think they'll probably do something like that. Cause I don't think you can give us this much like love like this and not have it like a more, cause I would say this, although it's not exclusively loyalist, it's very loyalist heavy, but you could, you know, obviously you could do traders. I feel like when they come out with demons, I feel like it will be a, this level, but more 
traitory. Maybe. I mean, considering that bound demons had what, like eight different etheric dominions for four units. Yeah. They're going to go wild. I, I think it, it, this really raises the bar for demons and I hope they hit it because it'd be really easy to come out with this and then demons come out and it's just a wet fart. <laughs> hit the bar, G-Dub. Hit the bar. Was it a fart with reverb? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, Somebody put work into this, and if they're the ones working on the PDFs, I think we're in good hands. Hey, man, if you're the guy that put the work into this, and you're the guy who like made all the decisions and everything, for whatever reason, you listen to this podcast. Or if you're a friend of that guy, you know he did it, secretly let us know, hit us up, and we will get that guy like some cake or like a burger or something. We'll, we, dude, we got you, bro. We'll get some water burgers. We, we won't tell anybody we did it for you. We just we'll, We will tip you. Wink. You'll get tipped. All right? So let us know. If you're the guy, let us know. Just a little tip. Some dude's going to be like, hey, I'm that dude. I'm like, Girl, I have him. no way to verify that. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that being said, man, we do have our interview with a powerful, powerful Taro. Taro. Yes. The actual model maker. Uh, this dude is exceptionally cool, by the way. Uh, he has worked on some movies and stuff like that. You'll hear in the interview, but like the dude be excited is a model maker. He's got a resume. He's got a huge resume. You think that like, Oh, he's just a cool guy. Cause he makes cool Warhammer bits. No, dude, he's been doing shit for a while. Cool shit for a long while. So, uh, like GI Joe. Yeah. He, he helped like, out with that. Like transformers. The, the man's been there. He's done that. Do you like uh, Johnny English? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> well, not all of it, but like Mr. Bean. <laughs> not all of it. Not all of it. So, uh, let's get over to that interview, and uh, we'll get you guys next time. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. As promised, we have our interview with powerful, powerful Taro or Taro at Taro Model Maker. Is it Taro or Taro? How am I saying that? It's Taro. Tara. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, powerful. Uh, Tara. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with Tara model maker, uh, Taro makes all sorts of resin accessories and bits for like Questorus knights, homagers, Dominus. He makes night heads. You actually recently kind of moved into uh, more, I guess, uh, painting figures like busts and all that as well. Um, you've got the, uh, the actually like, bust for large scale stuff small you got the plinths now i remember in i think it was the were you you think it was you were on etsy in like 2015 is uh whenever you first started dropping those shields on everybody for the nights something like that yeah oh man it was like you you were one of the first like creators at that level that was kind of throwing that insane stuff and it just completely changed the game on everybody on on a 3d modeling and everything like that because it didn't seem like it was traditionally sculpted it looked like it was you know uh printed or or something but either way man how's it going what how, how, how's your day going yeah really good thanks really good yeah i mean you said yeah i started years ago on um on etsy um and yeah it's just grown and grown and grown which is really nice and it's it's nice to be here doing it, to be honest. Absolutely. I guess, uh, so what got you into actually starting to create some of these models and things like that? Was it just a, uh, were you a gamer who was looking for, for stuff and you just kind of 
realize if I'm going to put all this effort in, I should just sell it? Or well, I got, well, guess what got you into making additional parts and accessories? Yeah, so, so I've been collecting for about 30 years now. Um, long-time hobbyist, like properly started when I was a kid um, and ended up training to be a professional model maker. Went off and worked in film, worked in TV, stage, props and all sorts. But always on the side, I was doing my own hobby. Um, and just purely because I had that ability to make, I was able to just create pieces to add onto whatever range of figures or army I was collecting. And because I was making them, I just thought, well, I'll chuck a couple on Etsy and see what happens really. And it, it all just spiraled from there. I guess what was like the, uh, well, yeah. What was like the first origin piece where you were like, let's get this on Etsy. Was that the shield? Uh, no, before that, it was the it was a Gatling gun and a missile launcher. Oh, yeah. The night kit came out. And I remember when that night kit came out, I remember standing in, in my local store with the box and just being like, wow, this this is like everything I've ever wanted as a kid. Like, this, is, this is the one model kit I always wanted, you know, to see those Imperial Knights realized in this massive model kit. And I could see straight away that there was potential for... The new things, you know, new add-ons and missiles. You could see they had that little, a little hole, with a little pip on the top that was going to potentially mean they were going to expand it. And I kind of wanted to get in on that. And I wanted to make little things to go in there. And it just got my mind going. And I just started, literally just started making things, started making it all by hand originally. Yeah, that little pip changed so much of the game for, for a lot of people. So yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy that uh, your background is in traditional kind of model making and, and miniature making how did how did that come about you know what what does that look like how do you even get into that kind of profession yeah so so i actually started training as a graphic designer um and i realized after a few years of doing it that i just wanted to make things i didn't i didn't care about the, the drawing and sitting on computer working on photoshop and illustrator i just wanted to make stuff by hand um, and I was just in my local store having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a few years older than me, and he had just studied to be a model maker. And I was like, "This is mad! Like, you can you can be a model maker? Like, you can actually be a be a professional model maker?" It never really occurred to me before that this was a career, as a real job. And yeah. I just looked into it, and that was it. I found a course, um, went and applied, got on the course, and then spent three years studying. And see that and then just went off into the industry and built my skills and and just started from there i mean I, the first job i had was actually working on like doctor who action figures i used to be the master painter for all the action figures um working on that range for years and we did the gi joes and action men and all sorts of stuff really really cool figure ranges I'm blown away, man. I do not remember at career day. It was like policeman, fireman. But if there was model maker, man, you bet your last dollar I'm going to oh, be man. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never realized, like, like, us Brits, like, we don't get out much. Weather's a bit weird. But it turns out that, you know, model making is, like, really a heart and soul of of British culture. You know, it's huge. It's absolutely huge over here. And it's only from doing it you realize actually yeah actually there's a lot of a lot of people in their sheds making things like you know british model makers have got quite a good reputation obviously 
GW itself is a, a British company, and it, there's obviously that skill there and that kind of want to do it. You know, we've got a huge film industry in this country as well, which is which is mad to think. You know, I'm, I'm just down the road from all the film studios. I know loads of people work in in film and TV and all sorts. And yeah, it's 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 a mad right, um, industry to be in. Um, it gives you certainly skills that you can transfer into into the hobby really nicely. That is that's crazy. That so. I guess in this case where your website is actually tarot model maker, like you are like a professional model maker, like certified model maker. So yeah, that's, that's basically where it all, all came from. Yeah. It was just, well, I, my name is Taro and I am a model maker. You know, it was, it was simply, it was as simple as that. It was just, this is me. I'm a model maker. Here I am, you know, is there like a guild or anything or like a group of individuals who are like also model makers that you meet up with every year? Or like, do you have to go re up on your certification to stay a model maker? Or? No, no, it's, it, it literally is just, I mean, yeah, I, one of the, um, one of my apprentices actually got in it. The random guy that I met at a fish shop, uh, went to a, 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 an aquatic center to go and buy some more bits for a fish tank I had. Okay. I chatting to this guy there. Um, and, and he was like, oh, I want to start making things and doing, you know, you're telling me about a fish tank he was building. And I told him about my career and I ended up getting him a job as my apprentice just came in from there. So yeah, you pretty much anyone can do it. If you've got that skill behind you, um, anyone can become a model maker. It's really cool. It's, there's no guild. There's no certification as such. You le- you learn on the job. It's quite a hands-on thing to learn, which is nice. That is wild. Okay, so so you start young at a young age. You're a war gamer. You're playing war games. You, you're collecting for years, and then you move on into the model making industry. And then at some point, it it sounds like you were actually handcrafting these like uh, Gatlin guns and these missile launchers. Was it was it like a plastic card situation and a, a, a sheet styrene or? Yeah kind of so most of the time it was it was me staying late at work you know because you you're at these amazing workshops and studios you've got all this equipment to hand you've got laser cutters cnc machines milling machines you know 3d printers you know we've been using 3d printers for about 15 years now so way before all the guys got from the home we were we were working with you know thousand pound prints of like tiny dinosaurs you know, stuff that would take two weeks to print you know cost thousands um, and I would just stay late after work, you know, every night I'd say to, say to my girlfriend at the time, well, you know, going to be a little bit late in, you know, I'll see you a bit later and stuff. And I'd just stay for an hour, hour and a half after work, jump on the lathe, jump on the mill, turn up these little things like the Gatling gun I made, you know, that was all hand milled, um, on a, just a little miniature mill machine we had at work and I'd make it all up, up, bring the pieces home, sit there at my desk and just assemble it all, you know, take days and days and days to build um and then once i had them built i could then mold and cast them with the the molding equipment that we had at work and and just grow it from there really it was just starting to make these little things by hand myself just because i wanted to i enjoyed making those little things and i knew i could as well um and just growing it from there man that is so wild so so just talking to you a little bit right so i mean moving a little bit down the line, not only do you kind of have all of these custom models that not only are you developing and creating on your own, but you're also uh, reproducing these models for other people to consume. But as I understand, you are also a 
pretty pretty good painter as well, from what I understand. <laughs> you know, so it- yeah. So that was that was my real path into the hobby. Um, I've never been a gamer. Like, not really a gamer. I've tried gaming, never really got on with it. It just hasn't clicked. It's never clicked with me. I quite enjoy building armies. I've got loads of armies that I've painted. Couldn't tell, couldn't tell you how they work, but I've painted them. <laughs> um, and yet, for me, it was the painting. Painting side of thing was just phenomenal. You know, going to Games Day back in like '96 when I was a little kid, jumping on the coach at six o'clock in the morning, driving up up to Birmingham. You know, with all these crazy like hobbyists that were really excited being you know at the NIA in Birmingham surrounded by thousands of people all with the like mind and then seeing these painting competitions and seeing people like Chris Blair and Jakob Nielsen getting up on stage and winning this sword was just was just the most incredible thing for me like literally to me like I couldn't care less about like film stars movie stars or anything like that these guys were my idols like these are the people i wanted to be like like, you know i I wanted to be of that ilk um and yeah so i I started entering golden demon um and won my young bloods in 1999 Mm. um which to me was just a huge achievement at that point i couldn't believe it like winning that was just amazing Uh, it took me you know 20 years to get my next one uh, um but I, i still had that love for it you know the whole way it never stopped Wow, that is incredible. So, so man, that that is a, uh, a a huge come up story there. I always find it so interesting, especially kind of uh, um, people that are you know we're in the hobby, kind of like ninety nine all that stuff. I always tell people, you know, especially newer individuals that are coming into the hobby, it's like it's like you don't know what it was like in ninety nine. Man, we didn't have YouTube tutorials. We didn't have you know all of these uh blogs that you could go to to learn how to paint something or learn a technique or you know these uh, kind of these packaged products that are teaching that are you know basically like enamel washes or anything. It's like we just kind of did it I, I always tell individuals that are newer it's like man it's like the the painting level is completely different from when i started like it seems like everybody is just advanced painters nowadays and so actually getting into that and and learning the the hard way right you know actually having to go to these uh events to learn from people or you know old school white dwarf used to have the uh the hobby articles in them and things like that I, <laughs> yeah, I mean the the old hobby articles you had in White Dwarf, where you would have like you know four four pictures, and the first <laughs> one would be like do your base coat, next one would be like do this color, and then the final picture would be your finished model. You know, it, it was like no steps. You just had to <laughs> you just had to learn. You know, um, and nowadays it's like you jump on YouTube. You know, even I still do. I jump on YouTube. I follow this Patreon. You know, jump on like Cult of Paints and watch a video by Andy or whatever, and you just like oh man it's like it's so so much more now you know people have it so good and you see painters progressing so much quicker now which is scary it's really scary seeing the level you know even even at adepticon a few weeks ago seeing the level of the young blood like yeah these kids are like 14 and they are phenomenal at painting far better than we were at my age you know at that age it's crazy a hundred agree a hundred percent man it's just it's the the whole bar gets lifted and you're like man i've been practicing for the past you know 20 years <laughs> like i'm probably just yeah. barely above the young bloods now <laughs> yeah and that's, cra- that's the crazy thing i'm at a level now where uh, like i'm 
properly happy with my painting love love what i do like every pretty much every model i do i'm happy with it you know i've i've, I've got to that point where i'm content in what i do and i know that if i was entering what i paint now 10 15 years ago oh, i'll be i'll be a slayer sword one <laughs> that'd be great but the level now is so good it is so insane like trying to keep up with that it, you just have to be happy and what you know i go there and see these great models and any win that i get for me you know if you if you saw the videos of the award ceremony at, um, at Depticon when I got my um, my two bronzes, I, I was literally in tears. Like, I was so happy to get that bronze. It's an achievement, um, man. It like, is absolutely an achievement. Like, oh man, it, it 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 was yeah. That that was like that was something else. That really was something else. Like I you know even now like thinking about it, I'm like oh right, it's such a huge achievement for me because that is that is what I was wanted to achieve. So yeah, the whole painting thing is just a complete complete sideline to what I do um, as Tower Order Maker as well. And that just fuels the that just fuels the fire for I mean you're working on right now yeah. was one we just talked about. You're working on something right now to get that going, you know? Yeah, pretty much yeah, I've literally I've got two entries that I'm working on and I've got what, just over a week. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm painting it as much as I can. So yeah, I, I apologize if there's not much stock in in the store you know stuff's out of stock purely because i'm painting i'm just painting you know I'm, I'm a hobbyist as well i i try and make as much time for my hobby as possible um and yeah so i i will i will paint like mad for the next two weeks and then after that the store will get restocked i definitely i definitely bet people understand at that point that's not they're also oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay yeah, i think that's the key thing as well as people know that you know they realize that i'm not just i'm not just like some money tycoon or whatever you know, I, I'm actually a hobbyist. You know, I'm a, I'm a hobbyist through and through. I properly love this hobby. Like, I cannot get enough of it. Like, my, my wife thinks I'm mad, but, you know, I just, I, I literally I live and breathe this every single day. I love it. That's perfect, man. So, so you go from model maker slash uh, war gamer, not even war gamer, war game painter, it sounds like. And then you move on into this uh, kind of, custom bit scene in 2015 you realize hey man i can i can go ahead and uh uh model up some cool models that i think is, are cool and i can get this out to the community i guess uh were you ever nervous about kind of how the reception of the your models would be or was were you yes yeah, so, i mean i i kind of I honestly i played it if anyone knows my story coming up so again i'm quite open about things um played it really safe for years so i i was still working full-time as a model maker up until last year um you know I'd, I'd helped start a couple of companies um i had you know helped helped companies grow it's you know done loads of stuff you know working 50 70 hour weeks most of the time but still coming home and doing doing this um in my spare time and it was predominantly during the pandemic uh, um, because everyone was at home like sat around not doing much so like okay i'm gonna paint toys i started to find that there was more momentum that started happening with the store um and it was really kind of after that on the on the tail end of that and then going to adepticon last year and kind of realizing actually you know what like i'm seeing my stuff for the real first time because of the two years of being isolated you're out in the world and you're seeing your product in another country on gaming tables and to me <laughs> that that was the real defining point that made me go 
you know what? I'm going to take the jump. I'm just going to do this. I've got to take that leap because like, there's only so much more I can do while working another job. So yeah, it was it was a huge it was actually a huge decision because I, I love being a model maker. Like, I love love no matter what I'm doing if I'm making something I love it. Um, so taking that leap to then work for myself and properly be my own boss was huge. You know, really, really huge. And you fully fully got the support of my wife and family and stuff behind me, which is great. And in all honesty, I wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> Man, that is so freaking cool. It's just, dude, it, it blows my mind that it's just, uh, you know, it that you basically have this, like, model maker badge. Like, I just imagine you at, like, Adepticon seeing all of your, your designed models and everything like that. And uh, you've got your model maker badge, and you're like, hey, let me fix that for you. And you're just, like, fix something up for somebody real quick. Like, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but what, what's mad, as I said, like, up until last year when I went to Adepticon, I never been to an event and seen my own product on the tabletop it's really weird like i i only clocked it kind of on the flight over there i was thinking actually no, i've never never seen someone with my stuff that i've sold all this all these kits up i've been making for years i've never actually seen them like on the tabletop and walking around that event hall and just seeing my own product there it was just mind-blowing like for me that it was it was a real kind of connection moment like the light the light bulb went off and i kind of was like oh my god i'm actually doing this this is mad like for me it was so disconnected because i was just making stuff and sending it out and you're like yeah it's cool people are buying it you don't really think about it actually no no, no the people are buying this they're enjoying it they're using it and it's on the table you know and it is that that sense of pride you get because you've made that thing you know like like all of us you make a a, a a model you paint it up and you get that sense of pride for me it was a new sense of pride of realizing that other people were enjoying what i was making yeah especially if you're coming from a kind of a, a background where you're making it for like a single thing it's going to go in a movie or it's going to go into this kit it's not going to be used by yeah. somebody else right this is a uh yeah yeah and years of making stuff like most of the stuff that i've made over the years as a professional model maker, it gets made, it gets put in the window, and it gets thrown away at the end of the day. No, it just, it, that's it. Most of the stuff I've made does not exist anymore. It just it all gets thrown away. So, in, I think in my head that mindset was still there, but then realizing that now I've made it and it still exists, it's still out there in the world, was kind of it was a real, it was weird. Like that, that was new to me. That was quite strange. It's so wild because, uh, you know, when I, when I think about some of the stuff that you've modeled up, like your shields or, you know, you've got, uh, some different heads, you know, you've got, um, like the death corp, if death corp style, the gas mask style heads for the knights, uh, like your chain fist for the knights and things like that. I always think of like when I'm thinking about an army that I'd like to build up. Right. And if I think to myself, well, I'd like to have like a knight detachment, help them like your stuff is just like so ingrained in my head. It's like, Oh yeah, well if I want to do that, I can just grab one of those, those shields from Taro or I can just grab, you know, an extended barrel. Like that's how like ingrained your stuff is. Like it's become kind of like Canon amongst all the, all the other kind of knights. Like we know that that stuff is available and it's easy to get and everything like that. It fits right in with the aesthetic. It's just that that's how people see your stuff at this point. Like it is, very much um, yeah it's, 
so even hearing that that's just amazing it really is like you know and i i you know i constantly having people message me saying like oh you know your stuff is the go-to stuff and you know it's it's weird you know i am just a, a guy making this kind of for fun really i'm just enjoying doing it and it, it's so nice and so humbling to actually like realize that you know so many people enjoy it and i really i really love that and that is what keeps me going that is really what keeps me spurred on spurring on to make new stuff and are you as you're saying it's most of the stuff i make yeah, yeah most of the stuff i make is literally because i want to see it on a model that's all it is you know it's kind of like oh that would be wicked i'd love to make that let's do that absolutely man that's so awesome like that's i mean that's really what drives it all right and you're casting all of this up yourself right you're this is all at your house and made yep, to order yep. I've, got, I've got a workshop at home um and i you know silica molds i just hand cast them all i do small batches you know they they sell out and make some more i just just keep it turning over you know and it's all purely come from most of it's come from when i was working in action figure and toy design um and we used to make all the the silicon molds for you know doctor who figures and, and all sorts um it's just learning that high precision mold making um and i've just applied everything i've learned and just do that repeat the process and i i'm, I'm fully in control of it you know I, i'm a bit of a control freak in that way i you know, my wife's always saying, oh, why don't you get someone to help you? And it's like, yeah, but I know how to do it. <laughs> I, I've got a way I do it and it works. Like, and it's, I've got this formula, I've got it down and I, I just, I make it work and I'm fully in control of it all, you know. I take pride in everything I do, you know, if any anyone ever buys anything and they get in touch and say, oh, this bit's missing or this bit's, of, I'll be like, yeah, don't worry, I'll send you another one, you know, because I, I want my customers to be happy with what they get. I, I have been happy with every single kit that you have sent out. I've ordered quite a few kits from you uh, and every single one I've got, you know, cause I've dealt with, you know, other companies that release resin models and send you resin kits and you know, they're, they're pretty happy with sending you with the flash still attached to it or anything like that. Yours are crisp. There's no cleanup required. <laughs> you just kind of just get it and go. It is a, uh, you, you, definitely take pride in your work. And I think that shows in the actual product that you're selling. It is a uh, uh, very, very nice. Yeah, I think it, it comes from, from years of doing like very high end model making as well. I mean, my, my standards are, are pretty high, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I just have to make sure those things are, again, cause I, I don't want to send out anything that I wouldn't be happy with. You know, if I'm buying something, I want to, I want to get it and be like, yeah, cool. I can just work that straight away. You know, so I'll only send out what I want, what I'll be happy with. And yeah, as I said, it seems to be a working formula that that's hitting the nail on the head each time, which is nice. And I guess uh, uh, my, my one of my other questions I had was as far as like the product that you offer. Right. And I think we I, I would like to say that we think very similar, you and I, because uh, you will release something after like, I don't know, maybe like a month or two of me thinking it's like that doesn't look right. Like in the case of like the Dorn barrel, right? Yes. Like I was like, man, that barrel looks a little short. And then you just immediately, <laughs> you've got one out. Is that kind of just how you operate? If it doesn't look right or if you think something will look cool, you just say, man, I'm going to work on that today without any discussion. Or do you have like a group of individuals that are like, hey, Tara, we need this. And you're like, well, if I get 50,000 likes or something like that, we'll do it. Or how's your... <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
so yeah, it's, it's literally, I've got, I've got a book. Like I think anyone that wants to get their hands on this book would be quite happy to get it. I've literally got this thick sketchbook that I've written like every idea that I ever have down. I draw sketches. I've got lists and lists and lists of stuff. So if someone sends me an idea and says, oh, you should do this, I'll, I'll put it in the book. You know, simple as that. Doesn't necessarily mean I'll make it straight away. It, it kind of has to sit there. It has to stew in my head for a bit. And then often or not, like, you know, a new kit will come out and I'll, I'll see people do stuff online and I'll be looking at other references. You know, I've got friends that are you know, big into <clears throat> military stuff and all sorts and they'll send me pictures and all that. And yeah, it will just be a, a, a kind of an amalgamation of just different things I've seen. I'm, con I'm terrible. I'm constantly on my phone looking for Instagram and Facebook and saving reference pictures and all sorts. And it's just those ideas just stew in my head and you know if i as said if i see something that doesn't look right doesn't feel right I, you know i'll buy the kit and assemble it and look at it and be like actually oh, no yeah this doesn't feel right it, it needs something like the same as what i did with the knights i'll just sit there and look at i've got got one plastic kit for the imperial knight i've assembled it i actually call it the jack of all knights because <laughs> every single every single photo that you see on my website is that one imperial knight so it's one Imperial Knight that I've had from the very beginning that I've just kept as a raw kit that I can take bits off, I can change stuff, I can look, I've just I've mucked around with it so much and it's the same Imperial Knight as in every single photo you see on my website. But like I've painted like twenty odd Imperial Knights now, you know, I've bought loads more kits and all that. But that one Imperial Knight, that's the same one, it sits on my desk, you know, so if I want to think of an idea, I'll just sit down and look at it. And it is just, just absorbing yourself into it and, and trying to find what's missing. Trying to find the bits that aren't there. Trying to put something else there. That is crazy. I bet that is the most viewed night in the entire <laughs> world. It has to be, man. <laughs> like that thing has yeah, many, yeah. many pictures said, of I'm it. The, he's the jack of all nights. <laughs> he really is. Oh man. So that being said, like, so, so, okay. So you kind of just make what you want. And, and I guess, you know, when you're first started on Etsy, it sounds like you're hand making everything. Have you transitioned over to more of a 3d modeling or are you still hand making everything, hand lathing everything? Yeah. So I, so the thing is I enjoyed hand making stuff for years. Um, and it was okay when I only had a couple of products, Like, there's still a few things that are in the store that are still the original handmade things. Um, I'm slowly transitioning more into getting those all updated. Um, but yeah, all, all that happened effectively was that I realized that there was far more pieces I wanted to make that if I carried on making by hand, you probably wouldn't see them for about 50 years. Um, it would just take me so long to get around to making them. Um, and I've, I've got, you know, from doing model making, I've got an engineer, um, I've got experience on engineering programs. You know, I use SolidWorks and Pro Engineer for years. Um, originally all the way back at, at university i used rhino like great little program you just literally chuck shapes into it um and i kind of thought well i'll just start learning that again so i just sat down for a few evenings i started teaching myself that again um and still learning stuff on it now you know but i've i've progressed over the last few years and and moved everything into just doing on that and i'm pretty confident now that i can sit down and if i want to design something i can pretty much design anything i, I want to make within that program now um so it's all still hard edge um modeling rather than the, the freeform sculpting um but yeah everything now is all done in in cad and i'm slowly 
slowly trying to teach myself a bit more of the freeform um, sculptural stuff. Um, but yeah, originally yeah, it was all handmade and it was, I think it was when I started doing a lot of the arm joints and knees and armor panels. That's when I started moving into CAD. That's incredible, man. Just seeing you, seeing you. And, and to be honest, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of one of those situations where you definitely can't tell where that, uh, where that line is, where your stuff moved over to CAD. Like even if, even in your actual modeling process, there's so many people that are afraid you're going to see these lines or anything. That's like, no, it doesn't transition over to, uh, to your stuff. Like you don't see any of that. You don't see any of that in the resin casting. There's even much larger companies that you can see some of those uh, 3d printed lines. And I have not seen a single one from Mr. Terror. There's, there's one, there's one product I have in my store and I kick myself every time I look at it. There's one product where I missed a couple of 3d print lines on it. And it annoys me to this day. (laughs) It's it's one of those products that every time I look at it, I'm like, Oh no, I missed that line. That's terrible. But yeah, I, I will, you know, I've bought, when I did those busts, you know, we, we briefly chatted about them earlier. Um, I ended up doing two busts. So I got a good friend of mine who I've known for years through, through model making. Uh, again, during the pandemic, I got him to sculpt up two busts and I paid him to do them. And it was a really fun little project. Um, and the whole point of that was so that I could get myself a 3D printer. <laughs> yes. She just was like, right, a 3D printer. So I, I, I used that as a project to do it and I bought myself a really, really good 3D printer, which I'm still using now. Um, and then from that, I basically take all my prints and I'll spend like probably like a good day on a 3D print. I'll clean it all up. I'll get rid of all the print lines. I'll make sure it is literally good to go. And then that way I know when I mold it, I haven't got any print lines on there except that one model. Um, and yeah, I, I'll make sure it's ready to go. You know, it's it's the preparation progress a process that I will I will go through in order to make sure that that model is exactly as it should be. And it shows. It definitely shows in your work, man. It it's it's very evident. I, I do like how you're tackling some of these uh, kind of other areas that somebody. If you were to tell me tomorrow that i need to get a plinth for my uh for my display modelers i'm like i would not know where to go i would just google plinth and hope for the best it's so funny to me it's like yep you guys probably gonna want some plinths and you offer the like the the, the backdrop ones are so cool to me it's just like it's like yeah i didn't even know that you know i wouldn't even know where to start but i'm glad that tarot figured out where to go for me because uh <laughs> this is a yeah yeah again that that all that all came about because of um you know, because of being in the painting scene, I've I've got quite a you know quite a close connection with a lot of the big names in in the in the UK painting scene. And a few of the guys would ask me years ago, like, "Oh, can you can you make me like a a disc, put a model on?" I'm like, yeah, I "Can do that." So I'd make a few discs, and and then the guys over at Cult of Paint did a Kickstarter a few years ago. Oh yeah, and, you know, and chatting to Andy and um and that and he was like, "Oh, can you do like this?" cylinder and do this and i was like uh, yeah that's easy i can do that so i i did those and then from that conversation i kind of went oh, oh this is something that people don't do i thought i better do this and that was <laughs> it i just you know i had this process and i just started making and trying to work out all the different sizes i mean i've got I've got nearly 200 i think in the range now which is crazy like it's a it's a lot of molds um 
and just having that that broad range that covers pretty much everything really um you know i've got a, a new range of plinths coming out probably tomorrow or friday i might drop them in the store on friday um which are squad ones so they're, they're long rectangles with rounded ends and they're designed to put um entire squads on so yeah i'm just trying to constantly think of just different different ways to display your models and again that all comes from this this painting background that i've got you know and going to these competitions and chatting to the guys and looking at the cabinets looking at how other people display their models and just getting inspiration from that man i love how you just like just see that something needs to get done you're just nah, i could do it i'll be the guy that's the kind of thoughts yeah. that we those are the people we need in the hobby man <laughs> just yeah. Ah. yeah i mean i know um i know henry henry again over at Colt has said a couple of times like um on their on their podcast they do like you know he's talked about the, the plinths i do and he is he, he's always like yeah he's like tarot cares he's like tarot really cares and i do like I, I love this hobby like that's the thing it's like you know you get people that like late companies for what they do and all this and, moan about it is we do you know we're really passionate about this hobby so people moan about it i genuinely love everything about this hobby like being at adepticon a few weeks ago was probably one of the best weekends i've had in a long time like just going there and just being around so many excitable people and just chatting hobby was just amazing like i'm off to salute this weekend um up in london as the big 50th celebration of um salute terrified because i'm doing a, a big uh trade stand there and i've got loads to sell but i'm also massively excited about it you know there's loads of big names going as well um and then next week you've got warhammer fest like literally it's like in the space of a month i've had three incredible events and i can't wait like you know i'm so excited about it i love it absolutely love it so overwhelmed <laughs> so overwhelmed yeah oh totally yeah oh i guarantee you if you if you you come back to me in like two weeks i will not have a voice i'll lose my voice completely i'll be absolutely i'll probably get ill as well but yeah i'll be great i can't wait really <laughs> cannot wait that's so freaking cool man I, I bet your uh i bet your little uh journal of uh models is gonna just explode <laughs> you're just gonna fill up a few more pages going to these oh, different yeah, events totally. oh it's terrible yeah it will just uh, i will just keep pumping ideas in there <laughs> um, I've got there's a couple of ideas that people keep coming back to me about and I've I've clocked them and I'm like oh, yeah I know I keep saying I'm going to do it I need to do it um, and at the moment like me and my family are trying to move house as well <laughs> we we are like crazy busy at the moment um, and I'm hoping <laughs> I can by the in a couple of months time I think I'll hopefully be all sorted uh, and you know get get a nice new workshop and and just just get on with it really just carry on carry on doing it carry on churning stuff out that's fantastic man absolutely hope you do get that uh new workshop up and running much quicker uh but man dude i'm excited you're going to all these events uh with all these uh with all you know i guess uh you have we said warhammer fest and what was the other one a uh, salute salute that's right salute and you're gonna have a vendor spot set up uh do you have some shout outs you'd like to give uh I guess uh, I'll give you this time to kind of just uh, tell us where to find you and uh, different services you offer. Yeah, well, um, as I said, I'm at Salute next week. Um, I've got a trade stand literally right opposite the painting competition. Um, I'm just going to have my range of plimps there. 
Um, so it's just going to be a whole stand covered in resin. Um, but there will be, a, I'll offer, be offering mail order services there as well on the day to, for anyone that wants to order anything out. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anyone sees me there, you know, especially at Warhammer Fest as well, I'll be there in my in my branded shirt, you know, come up and say hi. You know, I'm, if anyone's ever met me, like I'm super enthusiastic, I'll talk to anyone. Like, yeah, <laughs> if it's hobby related, I, I love it. I literally, I, I think one of the best evenings I had uh, Adepticon was the Saturday night. I was just drinking pretty much all night. I, I was around the painting painting cabinets and I just spent all night just talking and talking and talking just talking hobby and it was just so honestly that was so good like that was after like so long of like just being locked away in my own shed and like working away and painting that that model as well like just having just having that was just oh, it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and obviously like seeing what everyone else has come like painted really for golden demon as well um yeah it's, it's gonna be great really really excited about it but no i mean everyone knows you know where my store is um luckily you know i've got quite a distinct name um and a, you know kind of distinct handle which is quite helpful so people can find me quite easily but yeah i'm offering ranges of flimps and add-ons um yeah i'm just i'm just living hobby life really i'm loving it powerful tarot model maker and we will definitely be keeping an eye out i always like uh, hearing people that are entering a golden demon because i always feel like it's uh kind of like the uh, pro sports player for us hobbyists right you can follow one yeah. you it's like oh you're gonna be in golden demons like yeah let's let's watch these uh, work in progress of uh, tarot model maker and uh you know root for him and golden demon because i like to see yeah. you know and so one of, one of the groups that I'm in, like we, we pointed out that uh, there was someone that had commented on a video online about talking about Golden Demon, and they were saying about how uh, you know Golden Demon paint is almost like the aristocracy. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. that like you know, it's you know, I know there's lots of other paint competitions out there, but Golden Demon's a special one. It really is. Oh yeah, you understand why people are so passionate about it. It's you know, it's, it's great. It's, it's the pinnacle of our hobby, really, which is nice. Um, you know, and just, just to get anything in it is great. You know, I really enjoy it. Absolutely. I will make sure I wear my uh, Terra Model Maker jersey on the day of uh, <laughs> a Warhammer Fest. So just show my support for you, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. There's some, there's some good painters there this year. I mean, well, I think we're pretty much certain that Albert is going gonna, is gonna to clinch it this year. Um, it, he's, I, I don't know what he's working on, but apparently it's good. Like a few people have said that it's it's a really good, really really good one this year, and apparently he's like really pushing the limit. So yeah, but again, you get all these people that just pop up out of nowhere that have been working on on something, you know, like Chris Chris Clayton with his giant the uh, the Gargan versus the uh, Hydra. Oh yeah, uh, sort of the UK one. Oh yeah, shit, yeah. That no no one knew that was coming. We just all walked to the cabinets and was like, "What's that? Oh man." <laughs> yeah we're like that oh, that's ridiculous <laughs> you know and chatted to the guy as well about it and again he's he's got a really good model making background um and just talking to him like about the process he went through it and you're just like you're a genius like and that's why what i really do enjoy about like these meetups is you just talk to people and everyone's got their own their own way of looking at the hobby you know their own thing that they're really enthusiastic about you know, I, mean, I know gaming's not a huge thing 
for me, but like still talking to friends about gaming and just love it. I love that real visceral content they come out with and the way they they kind of create these armies and these great stories behind it. And I can I can get behind that. That's really cool. Yeah, open ten edition actually is going to be a lot a lot easier, and I might be able to pick it up. You know, I, I don't want to buy hundreds of rule books. <laughs> same, same. I'm very much uh, against the idea of owning a bunch of rule books. And I'm glad that you have these friends that are in there that can tell you, it's like, hey, Taro, uh, we need this. <laughs> can you make this? Especially if you're not a gamer, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, well, you know, this seems like a really good uh, uh, item that nobody has and we don't have any kits. So, okay, write in the book. <laughs> yeah. That's the, cra- that's the crazy thing. Like, it's the amount of times that obviously people see what I make for nights and stuff and they, they look at them and they're like, oh, so what are the rules for them? And like, well, I'm kind of kind of just make it for kind of rule the calling in a way <laughs> I, i'm i'm making it from a design point of view so i, I create these pieces and i think well that'd be cool you know they can have gatling guns but why not a bigger gatling gun like they can have a cannon why not a bigger cannon you know and and come up with new ideas for just for just for more cool pieces to go on there like shields you know there's no no real rules in the game for it but who doesn't want a massive shield on a knight so practical so practical and yeah. the aesthetic is perfect this looks like a grim dark imperium shield you know it looks like it was made with the sensors on front of it the extra armor on the side it just fits right in it just so good absolutely so good you have such an eye for the aesthetic yeah, so i think i think that's yeah i think that's that's all come from years of doing you know i was working i've worked as a professional model maker for 15 years now so i think from doing you know model makers are really good at like kind of copying stuff and emulating things like people will come to us and be like oh can you make this so we've got to to emulate it so i think that that's that's the thing that really has really helped me to build this range um to be able to look at as i said as well with my my jack of all nights that i've got I, i will study like every single millimeter of that model kit and i do it with all the model kits i just sit there and look at them you know and you can see kind of the thought process that go into them you just you just try and emulate those processes um and yeah obviously obviously it's paid off (laughs) i'm looking at your uh i've been as we've been talking i've been going through your uh your website to see if i can see anything different about your jack of all nights and i just ran across the picture of this uh gas mask questorus night like doing the never talk to me or my son ever again with the armager <laughs> it's yeah have you seen did you see the one i painted so i've actually painted i have not i will have to look out yeah, for that if you jump on my instagram yeah you'll see that i am um, actually after doing that photograph um of just the plastic kit i was kind of like oh, i've got to paint that that's so cool and i've still saying that i've still got to finish i was going to put some creed guys in the uh, in the trench that he's standing over but yeah, I, I had to do it. I was like, no, nah, that's that's cool. That's like, that's that's everyone's jumped on that and they really like that. That's that's got to be done. Oh. That's that was a really really fun project. <laughs> so very cool. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, that looks incredible. So nice, man. Just <laughs> never talk to me or my son ever again. Just got his little shoulder over the side. That is too freaking cool. But. All right, man. We're right at that 45-minute mark. I appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today and appreciate everything you're doing. 
Uh, I just want to give you a big thank you from the community for doing what you do. Uh, you really do offer a service that, you know, you stepped up and said, Hey, this is, I think this is cool. I want everybody to have it. You could have just been one of those guys that I want cool stuff and nobody else gets it. But instead you offered a, a full company and I'm, I'm so glad that to, I'm always so glad to hear that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy it. You know, just every, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally. I am a, a proper hobbyist. If you ever, if you ever bump into me, my wife just ask my wife. I've got rooms full of this stuff. You know, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, <laughs> people talk about their like their piles of shame. I've got a room full of shame. <laughs> <laughs> the house full of shame. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I really do appreciate you coming on, man, and and thank you so much for having this talk with me today. No, absolute pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. As I said, if, if you ever see us around, you know, I'll, I'll come over to America a few more times to my shows. Do come and say hi, man. We're going to grab a drink and chat toys. Yeah, coming straight for you. Looking for that tarot shirt. If I, next Adepticon, hopefully I see you there. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, it's been really great chatting to you. All right.